Hey guys, this is Caitlin Akon on the Below the Belt show. And remember, just survive somehow. Yay, that's your catchphrase. Awesome. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Always. Guys, this is Kari Payton. I play King Ezekiel on The Walking Dead and Cyborg and just about everything. You're below the belt. I don't know where I am, but you're below the belt. (laughs) The Below the Belt show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. guys it's all about horror tonight on below the belt show we have an incredible show for you tonight with two amazing guests from two different horror genre series i'm pretty excited about this we have dana de lorenzo who plays kelly maxwell on ash versus evil dead on stars and we had chandler riggs who plays Coral Grimes <laughs> on uh, The Walking Dead, and both of them will be in attendance at Monster Mania. That's our favorite horror convention right in Hunt Valley, Maryland, guys. So, not too far, guys. And uh, right in our backyard. Right in our backyard. That's right. But uh, we have a panel to introduce. We have an amazing panel, multi talented panel from top to bottom, guys. Let's go ahead and introduce the king of the 80s, a demotivational speaker, Chachi McFly. Yeah, I thought our show is always a horror. It's not? You, you thought our show is always horror? Yeah. Oh. It's not? Okay. <laughs> I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. There. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and introduce. That's right. He is back by popular demand. He is affectionately known as One True Knight. Also, The Last Numenorian. Also, um, I'm missing one. I'm missing one. I'm missing one. The Once a Future King. There you go. Well done. <laughs> Martin Lopez, get, back, up, back on BTB. Yeah, it's important to get the honorifics in, right? Otherwise, you know, the people, they get too familiar with you. They stop using your official titles. No good. <laughs> and then we also have to welcome back. That's right. She is uh, so amazing and so talented in many ways. Uh, bo- actually, both ladies on the panel are so talented and so amazing in so many ways. First of all, we welcome back Matt. We love it. Thank you. <laughs> a actress. She is a podcaster. She's a writer um, um, for, uh, for yourmoneygeek.com. And um, I know there's other things, other accolades that I'm missing, right, Maggie? Yes, I, I write over at The Collider. I write for Dork Side of the Force. I'm everywhere. <laughs> I love it. Dork Side, Dork of, the side of the Force. I Dork's love it. Dork Side of the Floor. I'm in. <laughs> Maggie, it's, it's great to have you back on. on Thank uh, you for TV. having me. Yeah. 
And uh, we had to welcome back to BTB. It's been a while. We had her on for uh, um, a great interview with an actress from Mayor of Easttown. Uh, and uh, she uh, is a phenomenal actress. Lauren Mealy, welcome back. Hey, and, yeah, there you go. How you been, Lauren? Good to have you back. Good, good. Been good. How yeah. are you guys? So I think we haven't really heard from Lauren and Maggie in a while, but if you could, I would love for you to quickly just uh, uh, keep, keep us posted on what you have going on. Starting with Maggie, I know that you have different podcasts that you host for, and of course you mentioned Collider and your Dork Side of the Force. Uh, what's the latest, Maggie? Oh my gosh. So uh, I had a really fantastic week uh, earlier this week. I got to interview the executive producer and one of the producers on Star Wars Visions. I got to be part of the Disney Press Day. And that oh, was yeah. We'll be talking about that. Yes. So cool. And then yes. I got to interview Kevin Scott, who is one of the authors of the High Republic Star Wars series. Um, yes. And that was for my, my Star Wars podcast. And so it's been a very Star Warsy weekend and week. Um, and then, of course, I just got done with TIFF, which was just like so many movies in a short period of time. So I've, I've been keeping busy, keeping it real. I love hearing that. Um, first of all, uh, with TIFF, that's the Toronto International Film Festival. Um, mm -hmm. What would you say was the highlight um, film that you saw? Oh, my gosh. I saw so many good ones. Um, I think one of my favorites ended up being The Score, which was a very British film. Uh, that was like a heist thriller, but it was also a musical. Uh, and it was just wow. like quintessentially British. And I love all the genres. Films. Yeah, it um, was it was so totally fun. ironic with the title, right? The score, exactly. Ha, it was ha, this, ha, yes, ha. it was like so I was like, I love this. The irony. <laughs> um, but yeah, that and uh, The Survivor was another one of my favorites. Um, the Survivor. Now, that one sounds really familiar. That is the one with Ben Foster. Um, he's playing Harry Haft, who was the survivor of Auschwitz. Um, oh, and wow. it's the, the boxing movie um, about um, one of the survivors from Auschwitz. So it's a really powerful movie. It was really good. Wow. I could imagine that being very powerful. And uh, and Ben Foster, the actor, plays him in Hanson. That's awesome. Wow. That's I guess that's... Kind of a, a very different role than what we've seen him in Evan, in, uh, <laughs> Evan Hansen, I guess. Right? Oh, no, 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 that's that's Ben Platt. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 this is Ben, ben Foster. <laughs> that's Foster, okay. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> hey, it's, it's the tale of two Bens. <laughs> the tale of two Bens, of course, of course, of course. Um, and um, Lauren Mealy, um, anything um, exciting uh, that we can talk about going on? In, in your world <laughs> no my world is not as exciting <laughs> um i'm just you know living the baltimore mom life um you know that's about uh, it are you auditioning uh yeah i'm auditioning but just local right now you know because you know because we have a family and it just stay close especially during covid times i wish i could you know go back to new york but one day i can hope yeah <laughs> Well, I, you mentioned New York, Lauren. I was really uh, happy to to get back in the city uh, this past weekend. Actually, I was there for four days um, because uh, Broadway reopened, and uh, yeah. I wanted to support. I wanted to support the performers that haven't worked in you know since March of 2020. Um, yeah, and nice. I saw. I actually took in two Broadway plays, um, and it seemed like um, as far as what was available uh, for shows was musicals purely. So I, I got to see two great musicals. One's a classic, uh, Chicago, which has been around forever, of course, uh, 
was popularized by the the movie with uh, Catherine Zeta Jones. Um, and then I got to see a phenomenal one uh, called Waitress. Um, oh, that's it, such a good musical. It's so good. It was a fantastic with Sarah Bareilles, who is so freaking talented. I mean, she's just an incre- incredible performer, incredible actress. I feel that she's kind of underrated, you know? I, I feel that she's, like, better than than what, uh, I guess, the media's, you know, I guess she hasn't been, you know, she's, she's won Grammys, um, I believe, or at least nominated for them. And uh, I know she's had some hit songs. And, uh, you know, obviously when she uh, started on Broadway with Waitress, it just, you know, that kind of took off. And now she's kind of like the big Broadway star now. So, uh, uh, yeah, it was really, really great to see that. It was a very emotional tugs at the heartstrings kind of Broadway. You know, even me, I admitted admitting that, um, you know, um, but it was a lot of fun. So I highly recommend it. Um, just, um, yeah, it was good. It's good to get back in the city. So New York City, you have to be maxed, masked and vaxxed. Um, <laughs> Got to wear the mask everywhere. Um, it's not an optional thing in New York, actually. So the subway um restaurants retail uh, in the theater and um yeah you gotta show your covid vaccine card everywhere so this was something that was new new for me um because new york city i believe is i think la and new york are only two cities that that enforce it currently the the, Mm -hmm. um the vax card thing um so uh yeah it was uh it was uh still a lot of fun we still managed to have a really good good time and uh also give a shout out to Lauren Mayhew, um, who uh, is a DJ and actress and voiceover artist. Um, and um, yeah, she DJed two nights up in New York and uh, we got to hang out and it was bottle service and it was good to be back in the <laughs> New York City club scene again. So that was really, really cool. So, but uh, we actually have our first special guest joining us already on BTB, guys. I'm excited to have her on. She's an amazing actress from Ash vs. Evil Dead. And for you local DMV listeners, she's going to be in Hunt Valley, Maryland for Monster Mania. Monstermania.net uh, is the website to uh, check out all the guests, including the amazing Dana DeLorenzo. Hi, how are you guys? Hey, welcome to Below the Belt Show. How's it going? Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, I have to say off the bat, if I freeze at any point, let me know, because I never stop talking. So if you hear a pause, that's just me frozen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same so way. Means, yeah. If, 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 there, if you ever get a word in during this interview, then that means something's wrong on my Something's got to miss. Well, Dana, we're happy to have you on and, and, and squeeze you into your busy schedule. I know your time is limited. I know you're... You're off to Maryland this Friday to uh, yes. to be a part of the uh, the Monster Mania experience. Does it feel good to be back in that environment again? The the cons um, because obviously Ash vs Evil Dead has such a fan base. I mean, you know, yeah, I have to say, uh, you know, I know a lot of, of of fans were saying how much they they missed they missed you know doing these, but. I, I think I might have missed, missed them more. You know what I mean? Because it's like this show means so much to so many people. And I'm continually blown away by how many people from all walks of life, from grandmothers to grandsons to boyfriends and girlfriends to entire families that say, 
that they either discovered this show during the pandemic yeah. um, and, and they connected over it or, you know, it was like the one thing that you know, they bonded over when, when it was originally out. And I just love that a show about a guy with a chainsaw arm is what is bringing people together. <laughs> Absolutely. Just, like, truly, I mean, I, honest to God, those are not, like, I'm not, I'm not making up those relationships. Like, I mean, a grandmother with her, like, 13-year-old grandson. And she's like, oh, I just love that Bruce Campbell. And, and it is just, you <laughs> Who know. Who doesn't like, love Bruce Campbell? Yeah, it's I mean, the no, dimples in the butt exactly, chin. Exactly. A man has a jaw. He's got a jaw. <laughs> exactly. So, yes. Yes. So I'm just happy, you know, that, that, like with everybody, that pandemic, oh man, it was, it was pretty, pretty tough here in, in LA. And, and um, you know, I'm just, first of all, happy to see people again. Second of all, it's just really, it, 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 it is, it fills my soul to the point where it's like my therapy, where I am the one being creepy and not letting my the fans go where I'm like holding on to their hands and they're right. like Dana it was really nice meeting you we have to meet Mr. <laughs> Mr. Richard Dreyfus now and I'm like no but don't you want to talk about the one thing that we did and they're like please <laughs> let go of my hand um because I I, I you know this is such a, a very special part of my heart and my life and and getting to geek out about it with with people in person there's just nothing like it, you know? That you know what's hilarious? Fun. How sarcastic and dark your character is in the show <laughs> and how you in real life is this bubbly thing full of hope and rainbows. <laughs> I am really, no. I, okay. <laughs> go ahead and, go ahead and <laughs> let me just call my dad real quick and he'll uh, tell you otherwise. He just talked to me like five minutes ago. You're grouchy today. Um, no, I am, I, am, I am definitely more of the Kelly Maxwell, like, ball buster, uh, deadpan person. But when I talk about, but the only thing I get sunshine and rainbows about, uh, again, <laughs> I show about a guy with a chainsaw arm. Uh -huh. One thing that makes me like, e <laughs> um, and yeah, I, this is I don't the know. only I, subject I just, you're positive about in any way. This is the only no, one, I mean, everything else. No, that, okay, that, there, are, there is, there, there is one other subject I'm very bubbly and happy about, which is donuts. So we know what it is? Donuts? Donuts. Donuts. I love, I'm obsessed yes. with donuts. I love donuts. I know you- What's your favorite flavor? There, I can't pick a favorite. Are you kidding me? No, okay. Here's what I will say. Here's what I will say. The champion, it's not even a brand. Apparently they don't even make these. I mean, they do, but they, they call them something different. Where I'm from in Ohio, there is one, uh, the bakery at, at Giant Eagle is the grocery store. Yes. They are sold out by 7 a.m. So, like, you have to get there early. And they're called cream sticks. And yes. I, I will seriously talk for 10 minutes about cream sticks. So you, I'm just <laughs> my, my parents are from Cincinnati, so I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Wait, do they, so they have cream sticks elsewhere in Ohio? Yes. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay, what the like, fuck are you guys like, talking like, about? Like, wait a minute. Wait, come on, cream sticks. Come on, Mark. I didn't see. Wait, is it Maggie or Lauren? Yes, Maggie. Maggie. Okay, so so the Buckeyes though at Christmas. Buckeyes time, are the best. Oh my god, <laughs> I I'm upset. I'm I will I will put fifty of them in my mouth at one time. But anyway, yes, cream sticks are like a long john. Nice. They're they're like a long john, but you're not even a long john. 
it's like 20 million times better than that with like true chocolate. It's like, <laughs> imagine an eclair in a long john had a baby. Okay. And the cream okay. inside Heavenly. the variant. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I, it's like I a classy long john. Have, I have sex with the donut, like, it, I, it, on, and I'm honest to God. Like, oh I cannot my God. eat them in public. No, I don't have sex with it. Okay, now the rumors are gonna start. I mean, I would have sex with it to be honest. That's how much I'm. It's my boyfriend. It's my husband. I love it. Um, no, but I, I mean, when I'm eating it, it is it is a sexual experience for me. That's how much I love them. I told you I'd talk for twenty minutes. Okay, okay well, to Monster Mania now. There's Monster no Mania. We we'll bring some donuts. I know. No, don't. Actually... No, don't. No, because no, because here's why. People have. I, I see. I should have thought of this. When I did um, my, my, good, my good Italian paisans and, and all the amazing bands in uh, Jersey or the surrounding area who had yeah. to New Jersey for a con a couple years ago, for, they, all, they brought me everything from like cannolis to, to every, you know, like every like rigatoni. But then um, a couple people knew, apparently I, I've talked about donuts a lot, I guess. Yeah, you have sex with donuts, yeah. They, yeah, and they yeah. brought me donuts and cookies and like I'm talking a full a full platter of stuff to the point where I didn't even have room on my table to sign anything because it was covered in food and also so here's the here's the double-edged sword number one I, I almost swore I love food I'm a, I love food number two I was raised as an Italian girl growing you up go. you it is it is literally the cause of it is the sole purpose of life it is the cause yeah. of every fight is what is what are we eating when are we eating why aren't you eating enough why don't you like my food so I can't waste food. It's like, I can't do it. It's ingrained. Wasting food is a sin. Yeah, that, that's old. Right, and no, exactly. But like literally, yeah. I, and I, even I, to this day, I can't do it, especially yeah. if people bring it. So when people bring me donuts, if I get five donuts, yeah, I have to get the donuts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Stay so thin with all these. Um, all these no, I just I stress. I talk about donuts in between, and I get so worked up about it, and then oh, stress out about everything else. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I talk a lot with my hands. Yeah. When I talk with my hands, talking about it, it's, it's, yeah, it's I, I highly recommend the, the constant. Yeah, the constant anxiety and stress yeah. of life. That's that's a good diet, I guess. To be honest, just kidding. <laughs> With the, I, I think psycho, psychosomatically, here's my therapy session. I think psychosomatically I do it so I can reward. I think I'm constantly stressed out and anxiety ridden to reward myself with the donuts. You see what I mean? Huh? Like one, once I, you know, it's like, oh, it's another day. Oh my God, everything. I'm so behind. I'm like, well, if you get everything done, Dana, you will get a donut. And then I treat myself. There it's, you it's a, go. Good. good. Well, you're going to Maryland where there's a lot of great seafood, a lot, a lot of great culinary Crab cakes. Food. You have to have some crab cakes. No, you don't understand. I, I, crab is like my, one of my favorite things on the planet. As much as I love looking at them, I, and it makes me feel bad eating them because I just, I am that person who will go to an all-you-can-eat crab like, place and cut my fingers because I'm like, yeah. You are <laughs> speaking my language. Donuts <laughs> and crabs. Like, this is perfect. Okay. Okay. How is the catering on Ask for Seville Dead, though? Because, <laughs> because you're dealing with severed limbs and lots of gore and, and, and then going to have catering. I was curious. How well, <laughs> I'll tell you this much. There were no donuts. There were no donuts. That was, no. Um, well, we, were, we shot it in New Zealand. So yeah. they're, they have, um, you know, they, they have a few of the same things that we have, um, like at grocery stores, but 
you know, for example, um, they're, they're, they do afternoon tea, um, and meaning like you twice in between meals, you get like a little snack and they have these meat pies, which it sounds terrible, but they're like, look like little chicken pot pies, but they're not. Yeah, little empanadas. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like, or like little meat and cheese. And I'll tell you what, all I know is between that and what are called digestive biscuits, which I thought mm-hmm. were good for my, she knows where I'm going where I, I thought they were going to be good for my digestion. They're digestive biscuits, okay? Well, <laughs> by the, I don't know, episode eight, so four or five months in of eating meat pies and digestive biscuits, um, our, my, our wardrobe, um, amazing wardrobe designer, Barbara, was like, <laughs> I went up a pant size. And I oh like, no! I don't understand. Like I am, you know, you're running around, whatever. She's like, "Well, love, it's all those digestive biscuits you've been eating." And I was like, "That's a terrible <laughs> New Zealand accent." And I was like, "But aren't they? Aren't they like they're like bran or something, right? They're good for you." She's like, "You know, we call we call biscuits we call cookies biscuits in New Zealand." I was like, "Oh my god, I've been eating cookies like twenty four seven." Oh, that, that's how, but the food was actually very, very good there. I cannot say enough about New Zealand. It's like the freshest fish you've ever had in oh your my life. Oh, it's beautiful. Ca- like, well, I've it seen really photos, is. at least. <laughs> yeah. And also, by the way, we can just, behind the scenes, side note, we can I, we can go an extra five minutes. I know we we're supposed to be done, like, whatever, in a few, but we'll, get, yes. we'll, we'll go, you can go an extra, I like, love whatever. It. I love kind of wrap it up in the next 10, but five. Is we'll totally wrap it in the next 10, Dana, but I was curious. Um, we'll wrap you, it in you, the next 10, Dana. We'll wrap it in the donut. <laughs> are you desensitized from gore and violence now from, from you know, starring in one of the, the most goriest shows I've ever seen in Ash vs. Evil Dead? She definitely hasn't lost her appetite. You know, I would, you what? She definitely hasn't lost her appetite from it. No, that <laughs> will never happen. Never. <laughs> um... <laughs> Anyway, I will stop talking about food. I almost went on another tangent about food. Um, am I, desensitized? I am. I am. I am desensitized. I am not desensitized from violence. That always has made me uncomfortable. Like, and, you know, and, and, and if there's ever, you know, back, I'm not recently, but when there's like a bar fight, you know, a lot of people, or, you know, whatever, people fighting in the streets, people like crowd around. I'm that person that's like, oh my God, oh my God, and like run away. Right. Um, violence, not so much. But, Definitely desensitized uh, in terms of blood and gore. And actually, I don't even know if I've ever told this story. You just reminded me of something I haven't thought about at all, um, which is, except when I was like putting my scar cream on my knee today, because I have, okay, well, I'll just say this. After the, fin- the first season, we, my, my friends and I went to a little, like, I, little island for two days right near there called... Um, Rarotonga, um, just super, just to like, you know, relax or whatever. And I was snorkeling. I've never been snorkeling in my life. It was a lagoon. And I was like, yeah, it's amazing. I'm, I'm, I was a swimmer growing up. Okay, great. So I'm looking at all the, I'm just having the time of my life. And uh, I don't know how I did it because I'm injury prone and injured myself every day on set and <laughs> almost other people. And, but somehow I was in too shallow of the water and scraped like just scraped my knee and I get out of the water and take off my, my goggles and my snorkel. And there's like only a few people sitting there on the beach and they're like horrified and looking at me. I thought my bikini top had come off. Of <laughs> and I look down my entire left leg is 
literally just covered in blood. And oh, no. I look and I have no idea what's going on. I'm like, oh, I don't know. And then I go and like put it in a little, like the little outdoor shower thing to rinse off the sand. A chunk of my, I'm sorry, but it's true. A chunk of my <laughs> knee was missing. Where oh, I definitely needed stitches, but this was a teeny tiny island and the front desk told me to pour alcohol on it. And that's what I did. And now I have a bad, if I could show you, I would, but I'd have to take off my pants, so I'm not doing it. Okay. But, you know, we'll hold that against you. Well, we have, the we belt's have, exclusive. We have time. Wait, we have maybe, time now. We have maybe time. I could take a picture. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. Time. <laughs> or, or maybe you wear shorts to Monster Mayor, the fans can see it in person. Yeah, maybe. There you go. Maybe I'll wear, I'll wear shorts just on the one leg. But yeah, so in that sense, like normally that would have scared me a little bit. And literally, I after be especially after season one, I look down and I'm more in my head. I wish you could have seen these people's faces because <laughs> if I was more upset that they were upset because I was reacting to them being like, oh, <laughs> like I, I and I look down and see my leg literally just out in blood. And I'm like, <laughs> holy <laughs> smokes. So, yeah. this is wild. <laughs> Well, Dan, I got to talk about Evil Dead, the game, because I think that's the next time we're going to see the cast together, right? Because I'm sure the fans miss the, last, the show. Honestly, and it's probably going to be the last. So this uh, video game never comes say out. Never, but... never say never. I mean, Ray and I have made it very clear. We will, we're available. We will okay. absolutely do any uh, spinoff or anything like that, as long as it was the same, you know, it still has to be executive produced by Sam and, and Bruce and everybody, but, um, Sam, yeah. uh, but yeah, Sam Raimi and, and Bruce Campbell and Rob Capper and everybody, but, um, you know, Bruce has retired the role. It sounds like, so he did announce except it, yeah. then he said that, and then the game came out or the game, you know, was <laughs> announced and now, but I love that we are all doing it. And, and, you know, sadly, we're not, it's not like you record together, but, um, so I right. haven't seen, the, I haven't seen them. I miss them very much, um, but uh, I can tell you. Well, can you tell us a, about the game? Uh, well, are you kidding? I think they had. I think I signed more pages of NDA on the game <laughs> than I did the TV show. Um, wow. And um, but what I can tell you, I, I like this is a dream come true, just in the sense of uh, being in a video game because I was, believe it or not, such a such a Nintendo nerd. Like, I'm, yes. I'm OG NES. Like, Chachi myself. Martin. Contra, yeah, left down, upright, ABBA, ABBA, select start. Yeah, yeah. select start. Give me some of that. Give me, but see, here's the thing the new video games, I can't do those joysticks. I end up going into a wall, which is sad because I was a pretty badass six year old gamer through like <laughs> age 12. You laugh. You laugh. But I beat the really hard level. Then when we got Sega, and it was like the oh, never mind, never mind. But like NBA Jam, like I was pretty badass as a kid with that shit. Oh, sorry. And, no, you can do whatever you want. And yeah. and um and then now I I'm it, it's because I have a lot of friends who a mm -hmm. lot of friends like my married friends like the husband and wife play together, and I'm like I want to come play. It is, it is, it hurts me that I, because I'm used to the, I've been those only four There's directions. There's so much more complicated now, Dana, you're right. 
Games and are so much more complex. Yeah. Right. They are. And, but it's not even the games. It's the controller because I'm, mm-hmm. you remember, anyone who had it, one of the old, even if it was like PlayStation and Sega, those were, you had to really like hit them. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. you just go, you go. They're <laughs> so sensitive now. I know. Exactly. Just like me. Um, so anyway, <laughs> enough about me. Going back to the game, I, I can tell you, um, what I can tell you is, I've only seen, I'm, I'm completely in the dark, uh, as, as most of the actors on anything usually are. Yeah. But um, I've only seen the things the that, that are out there, like yeah. the, the, the clips and whatnot. But I can tell you, I got to go in and record the, the Kelly line. And yes. um, man, it was such a thrill to, to, I knew, I mean, I was not only excited about the video game aspect, but the fact that I got to, Flip into Kelly again. Yeah, and, um, it's been awesome. Man, yeah, and it was. And I have to say, like, I, I, as, as you know, you. <laughs> oh God, I wish I, I can't tell you, but based on <laughs> the lines, and I, I was told it doesn't mean they're going to use them all or whatever. But based okay. on that alone, I can tell you, as a video game person and an, as a fan of the franchise and the show, I can just tell you that, like, you guys. It's, I'm, I'm just, it's, it's going to be bad. So is it, so is it canon? Can you say if it's canon to the storyline? Say again. Is, is the video game canon to the storylines within the Ash versus Evil Dead series? I, you know, I, I don't actually know. The, I'm being serious. I don't know the storylines because okay. the things that I, I was recording weren't necessarily through lines. They were like, Okay, this is what happens if a player does this. This is what ha- you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, but in terms of camp, in terms of not storylines, but in terms of thing, I guess the, I guess it is storylines. I'm sorry. When you said storyline, I was thinking like the narrative of mm-hmm. the TV show. And what I would say is it's somewhere in the middle. So like, okay, without giving too much away, just because I think you guys need to experience it. Um, no and I also don't know if it's gonna make the cut, but like. Let's put it this way. Um, this, who Kelly's, uh, who's Ke- who Kelly's, I can only speak for my character, but Kelly's essence and what she fought for in, in, in the show and what, you know, being about revenge, you know, the things with like what she would say to Ash or whatever, and the things that were really important to her and, and even something she's always desperately wanted she may or may not get in this video game. And that's all I know. Oh, wow. And, and I, I got oh. to make a few suggestions, and I got to be like, this needs to be in there, or whatever, and oh, wow. on. Like, I, like I, again, I'm, I'm being dramatic, and I was more like, hey, guys, over email, like, hey, maybe if you don't think it's going to be trouble, I just really think the fans would love it if you maybe want to sort of just consider it. But I, but I have a but, and again, I don't know visually. I don't know, but they, but uh, uh, the things that I was really hoping would would make it to that point, I recorded the lines for that. I know this cool. is all convoluted, and that's okay. Me, I am. I would totally. But you're excited. You know, that's what's important. I am, but it's annoying that I'm excited about stuff I can't really. You guys no. don't know what I'm really well, saying. And how I'm do you like? Code. What about the likeness of your avatar? I thought it looked great. Right? What do you think? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, what am I going to say? It's ugly and terrible. 
the nailed it though. Didn't they nail it? The game though, they did. They really no, they really, really did. Um yeah. and and I had they they were really good about that as well. Um yeah. where you know, we got to go back and forth with some things and some iterations. Um and yeah, I, I was adamant. I was like, please let her have her purple leather jacket. And it was in there. And cause I, you know, I wore that, I wore purple every single episode and um, Kelly yeah. always had her purple leather jackets and that with the Rolling Stones and man. Yeah. I, I, I have to say like, and even um, just from what I've seen with Bruce's is like dead on balls accurate. That's insane. Absolutely. And, Pablo you- and man, Balls accurate. <laughs> no doubt. on balls accurate. That's sorry. That's one of my favorite lines from uh, my cousin Vinny. Get on yeah. balls accurate. Yeah. Um, Dana, is there anything else we can pl- plug and promote? Future projects. Plug and promote. Um, again, more things shrouded in secrecy. Um, okay. I can tell you. Um, well, there's there. These are two. Uh, I got to do some fun voiceover stuff during the pandemic, and one of them, um, I got to voice like. 10 characters for um, a Netflix animated show called Ask the Storybot that I think I know it's already on, but whatever the season is, that's coming out, I think next year. And then I got to do an original character for a, um, (laughs) such a nerd, for a um, uh, Warner Brothers film for the, for the new Tweety and Sylvester movie, which was also a highlight for me. I know I'm very excited about it. That's awesome. um, And then uh, the thing that I can't, again, really talk about, but it was it was great. I, I shot I recently shot an episode of a new show that's very shrouded in secrecy that I'm not even allowed to say the name because they have a couple names because they don't want people to know what it really is called, I think. But it's for okay. Apple TV Plus. And Ooh. all I know is um, I had just, you know, I shot one episode and got to have a fun little part. And I it was opposite um, Betty Gilpin, who was incredible. Betty um, Gilpin from Glow. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And from the hunt and everything. So I actually see this amazing. on your IMDb already, Dana. So I guess Okay, well, that's good to know that well, at least for now I'm 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 I made the cut for now. Who knows? Can I mention it? It's on your IMDb. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that just means like because this the union saw it in there. I'm just saying, this is why I don't even <laughs> think I told my dad that I booked that because I'm I okay. guess I have had that happen to me so many times. <laughs> Like, like I, I, that'll be for the next interview. But like, okay, I'll next tell interview. you all my humiliating yes. stories. Love to have you back um, to talk yeah. about it when it drops. Yeah, yeah, yeah interview, I was like, when be... I was like, I'm gonna be on this show, and then it's the like, worst. Like, so that happens. I didn't, I didn't believe I was on Ash vs Evil Dead until the first episode aired. I really, <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna be, you know, yeah. Especially if you're a day player, you always want to watch the episode before they cut stuff down. I mean, your series regular is different. You know, you're going to be in that. Show, right, right, right. Well, you know, there. Uh, still, you nothing is guaranteed, and that's why right. I just had plenty of donuts ready at the, you know, in my hand in case right. it all went. Oh, full circle. Full circle. Wow. Dana, you're amazing. We don't want to. Full circle like a donut. Full circle. Maggie, I'm sorry. Side note. I love that. Side note, Maggie, we are totally somehow going to meet in this life and soon. And we're eating. Yeah, Maggie might come to Monster Mania, right? Maggie, are you coming to Monster Mania? I don't know because I'm working that weekend. Okay. But it'll happen. You have very important eating to do. And I, we're yes. going to eat a cream stick somehow. We're going to eat uh, a Buckeye somehow. 
and we're yes. going to eat some crab cakes somehow. There you yes. go. We're going to make it happen. And you guys are all welcome to join. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, Dana, before we let you go, if you could, let us know who you are. Kelly from Astro Single Dead. Let us know you're on Below the Belt Show. And throw out a plug for Monster Mania. Okay. Got it. <clears throat> oh, wait. Am I just going into it right now? I'm just just go into now. it. All right. Hey, guys. It's me, Dana Lorenzo. I play Kelly Maxwell on Ash vs. Evil Dead, and I am so happy to be here on Below the Belt Show. And you can catch me this coming weekend at Monster Mania in Maryland at Hunt Valley, and I will be there Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Come get some. Yes! Yeah. Yeah, like a sure, pro. Make sure you do not, do not miss Dana this weekend. Oh, did you just say? <laughs> Well I love I'm it. telling you what, guys. If I get a table full of donuts, you are all in big trouble. Yes. And you better come because you guys are going to be there, I think, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, so I first of all, now I have to meet you and say hi. And I want you to this, come. And I'm telling you right now, you are going to you're going to see the not so bubbly where I'm going to be pissed off, Kelly Maxwell style. If I have a bunch of donuts, that I will have a very impossible time just not eating. So I'm going to eat the donuts. Pick, I'm going to eat the donuts. You better come. I'm just saying. You we'll better come. the donuts with you. Yeah, good. Okay, great. Okay, now it's a donut orgy. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> it's not. Awesome. It's like, just how I like awesome. it. Awesome. <laughs> you're amazing. Let's do a photo op, Chachi. Take the, uh, right. take the honors. A little snapshot. Oh, a snapshot. Yeah. I, okay, good. I don't even, I can't even see my little, my on good. All right. One, two, three. Beautiful. You can go ahead and just put Bruce's face over mine. I think that's uh, <laughs> with the hair though. We'll keep the hair and then put. Yeah. Well, myself and Chachi will be in the house at least, and we look yes. forward to uh, meeting so definitely you. Definitely come say hi. Um, yes. You know they've been really crazy. That's um we that's why we're not we haven't really been doing inter we haven't even had time to do anything. Um, right. It's been it's been. Like nuts, but so come if you guys are. Are you guys going to be there Sunday? Because that's usually a little bit of, of a lighter day. If that's a better one, then then yeah, that that makes sense. Come by whenever. Come by whenever. Um, but I mean, you'll 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 hear me. I'm the loudest one there, and just you know, <laughs> it, and you'll see exactly how hard I geek out, and you'll see exactly what I mean when the fans are begging for me to let them go because okay. they have other things they need to do. <laughs> I, I, I'm not lying. So you'll see, you can come save them if you want and be like, Amazing. hey, 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 Dana, come on, let them go now. Oh. Anyway, but yes, definitely come say hi and um, and uh, let my person know where that you guys are from this. So, cause, so, so, well, you know, in case, in case I'm in the middle of, you know, blah, 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 as I do. We love that. Thank you. Uh, we'll, we'll thank you for hi. having me. You're amazing. So nice you to meet you. So much fun. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Mwah. All right. I'll see you Bye-bye. See ya. <laughs> Bye. That was Dana DiLorenzo, guys. Wow, what a fun interview. She has so much awesome. energy. Talk, talk about the energy level. Yeah. Yes. Holy crap. Right. She wasn't joking at all. coffee. I'm, yeah. like, wide awake now. I know. <laughs> She's so much fun. So, yeah, MonsterMania.net, local DMV listeners. Um place to be uh to meet not only dana de lorenzo chandler riggs from walking dead richard dreyfus robert englund from uh nightmare on elm street, elm street. fame you know um my gosh uh, alex winter 
from Bill and Ted's, you know? Oh, yeah. He's Bill. <laughs> um, and uh, so many more um, celebrities in the house at Monster Mania uh, from your favorite horror and genre movies. So, um, but yeah, let's go. Uh, let's just go chat everything in the world of uh, movies now. Um, so, uh, yeah. So let's talk about Fantastic Beasts and the Secret of Dumbledore. We'll actually be moving earlier, which is good news, as a release date for April 2022. Previously, it was scheduled to drop in July, so I think a lot of um, movies might, when you know, might be moving earlier when they were pushed forward and on the calendar due to whatever reason, scheduling, COVID, what have you. So that's kind of um, good news on that end. Did that, um, did that movie? Did they end up like keeping replacing Johnny Depp, or did they let him back on after the trial? They actually. Um, so Mad Mickelson will be playing central villain. Um, Gallert Grindenwald, previously played by Johnny Depp. Mr. Depp, huh? Okay. Well, I hope it does terribly. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It it was. I mean, it uh, it got. It, it was. I guess I was crazy. You know. I mean, it's a, the third <laughs> film. I mean, I, I think it's the final film. I mean, I guess, yeah, it's the last piece of the trilogy. And uh, I think it was still ongoing for. So they they canceled him without you know you know without having him get get the opportunity to to be in that third film. But uh, anyways, um, Dune is a film that a lot of us are looking forward to. Dude, um, can you believe overseas people, the, the people overseas get to see Dune first. Um, so uh, the international box office debut was $35.8 million from 24 overseas markets. I, I, it's just going to so be. It's one, of the, it's one of the best books I've ever read. And that's like top five book for me. So you know, they've taken two shots of the movie in like 84 and like 91 and neither was right. great, but. I think Nine this is great. I think this you is the did. one, man. Wait. Um, but yeah, still the number one movie, Shang Chi, and the Legends of the Ten Rings. Um, I think it was smart not putting this film on Disney Plus because, which eventually will be, it actually will be dropping in Disney Plus in November. But it gives a chance for the box office to kind of, you know, make some money. You know, um, you know, for Disney to, to to make some money at the box office in this and. And it's uh, definitely surpassed MCU's um, Black Widow, which is a top, and it's also now the top theatrical grocer of the pandemic plague year. So it's reaching 300 million mark. Um, so yeah, that that's pretty exciting. Um, and of course, Free Guy still doing well <laughs> in the box office. Um, second place. Great idea. Yeah. So these these movies are still doing really well. And then we have um, Cry Macho with director and star Clint Eastwood, um, number three, and Candyman and Malignant uh, round up the top five. Um, haven't heard good things about Malignant, so I think I will be skipping that one. <laughs> yeah, but we talked all about hard today. 91 so. years old and still acting and directing and stuff. Like, it's Clint amazing. Eastwood is 91. Can you imagine me 91 and doing all that work? It's amazing. Yeah, it's absolutely. I think um, I think Betty White is around the same age as Clint, right? Or maybe even older. She's no, still she's working not, too. She's ninety nine. Betty White is ninety nine. Yeah. Holy smokes, that's crazy. Um, I don't know if anyone got a chance to check out the Halloween Kills trailer that just dropped. Yeah. Let's see it. They're going to unmask Michael Myers, <laughs> and of course Jamie Lee Curtis reprises her iconic role as Laurie Strode. 
Um, uh, I wonder how the fans feel about that. You know, like the whole thing, you don't get to see his face. Like that could be a huge letdown. <laughs> but there's a lot of anticipation to, to that yeah, they're actually on final. saw Jason Voorhees' face like 20 times. Yeah, yeah, I think it's time that we finally saw what's behind Michael Myers' mask. You know? Yeah, but in the in the beginning, remember, like, the kid, the very first Halloween, the kid murks everybody, and then somebody mm-hmm. takes his mask off and he stops. So, like, if they're ending the series, maybe, but the whole point is that he takes, like, that's his evil persona. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. So uh, October 15th, check it out, theaters and also uh, on Peacock. So it's going to drop, I guess, on Peacock. Wow, okay. Um, let's see. Uh, there's a movie called The Humans, which looks pretty cool. Uh, stars Richard Jenkins, Beanie Feldstein, who you can see in the American uh, Crime Story Impeachment series out now. Which is phenomenal, by the way, if you haven't seen it. And Steven Yoon from The Walking Dead and Minari and so many great, you know, um, projects. Um, both of them are in this. Um, it's a it's a movie with some super, supernatural elements. Uh, starts off as a, like a family gathering of three generations, and then eerie things start to go bump in the night. Um, he so, still that, he still had that part in his head. What's that? Does he still have that part in his head? Oh, you mean from Negan's Bat? Yeah. Oh, I think I think he had some really phenomenal uh, plastic surgery and was okay, able to good. get that eye back in his socket because then he oh. went on to Minari and then he won an Oscar. Oh, sorry, he got nominated for an Oscar and then. Good so for I guess him. I guess I guess they did okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Zachary Levi, um, there is a, a trailer for his new film called American Underdog, which is a um, biopic about Kurt Warner. Uh, if you didn't know, Kurt Warner started as a grocery store clerk and uh, went on to become Super Bowl champion and MVP. So it's uh, quite the story. Quite the story. Um, uh, let's see. The Flash is still more than a year away, but um, real excited to see this one because there's a big team up between The Flash and Batman who will be played by both Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton. So you're going to see Batfleck oh. and you're going to see classic Batman Michael Keaton. Um, That's really cool. Yeah. And the director, Andy Machete, posted a teaser pic. Um, depicting Keaton's famous Batman suit he wore in 1989, um, but the suit had been sprayed, uh, spray painted red with the Flash's golden lightning bolt over it. So that's kind of cool. Um, so that should be a lot of fun. Um, also in production, Chacha, I know you happen to know the Lost Boys is getting a remake. This is no, the ninth- I'm not. Yes. Not happy whatsoever. The, <laughs> the Joel Schumacher. I know you're the king of the 80s, but it's yeah. yes. Fuck Joel, Joel Schumacher's 1987 <laughs> film, The Lost Boys. Um, the director is uh, Jonathan and Whistle. Um, and um, plot details are kept in wraps. Uh, I believe um, casting has not been announced yet. So it's still early pre-production, but it uh, looks like it's greenlit. Yeah, the plot is kept in the wraps because they have no plot yet, because all they care about are dollar signs. Yes. There's no, there's yep. no story that needs to be told or anything. Right. Like, <laughs> If you watch the original um, Lost Boys, it still holds up. I mean, the, the sequels all sucked, but the original Lost Boys is still right. great, you know? 
Um, so if you're a kid and you can watch that and it's still fine, you know, you don't need some new special lost boys and special effects, you know, and all kind of bullshit wrapped into it. There's, there's no reason to make this except for money. That's what it is. They tried to make a series of it. The series, you know, didn't get picked up. So they're like, well, we still need to make money off of this shit because we're greedy. So let's yeah. um, this is remake it. Let's remake it because, you know, people love remakes. Of Would you have rather cool. seen it as a, um, a sequel with some of the original yeah. cast? Would you have rather seen it like that? Better. I mean, but, you know, it's like usually when you have a sequel after so many years, it's, it's hardly ever good. You know, like, I mean, yeah, the, rarely the Halloween movies are like one of the exceptions. The new Halloween movies are fantastic. Yeah. 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 But they're, I mean, unless you have the new Ghostbusters is as well. I'm hoping to, hoping to, I have, I have, I have, you know, a lot of um, faith in faith? the new Ghostbusters yes. movie, but I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't need to be, I mean, would the saxophone guy be in it? Uh, I'm not Can't sure. Watch out the saxophone guy. The shirtless saxophone <laughs> guy. He's one of your favorite characters, Love right? Him. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's gonna it's gonna obviously suck, you know. Like it's gonna it can't, it can't be as good. Maybe they'll surprise you. You never know. You never know. Um, I'm very rarely surprised. <laughs> well, let's just be uh, very optimistic. I I'm guess. not optimistic at all. He's <laughs> <laughs> not gonna end this on a positive note. You no, no. <laughs> it's a money grab. A money grab what it is it's always well it always is a money grab because nostalgia I mean, how many different vampire movies have they made over the years so why does that have to be lost boys the only reason why it's gonna be lost boys yeah. is people remember lost boys and it'd be less money for marketing because people are like oh yeah i remember lost boys i know what it's about it's about mm. vampires yeah yeah they're gonna fuck it up uh, <laughs> we will see we will see guys uh looks like simu lu from the star of shang chi who plays shang chi uh has moved on to his next movie um, he's going to be starring alongside Philippa Sue from Hamilton and Luke Bracey from Holiday um, with a film called One True Loves it's a film, film adaptation of Taylor Jenkins Reid's best-selling novel okay and uh, it's basically a, a love story of a woman unexpectedly forced to choose between the husband she long thought was dead and the fiance who has finally brought her back to life okay that could be an interesting plot line there. Um, let's see. You also have um, a movie called Reunion, which looks like a lot of fun. We got uh, a friend of ours, Billy Magnuson, uh, who's in this film, who actually interviewed with us on Below the Belch a while back. And love to get Billy. Congrats on your career uh, and all these great films you're doing now. This one starts uh, stars Lil Rel Howery and Jillian Bell, Nina Dobrev from Vampire Diaries, and Jamie Chung. It's basically about a, a, a graduation reunion and all the chaos of a, a murder, a whodunit uh, at the reunion. So, uh, yeah, they had a TV show about that before. Yeah, yeah, I think they did. It got canceled after the first season. I was pissed. It was. Never found out who the killer was. Never find out who the killer was. No. <laughs> Talk about leaving you hanging, man. It's network TV. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Finn from Star Wars, John Boyega, I guess he's, I like to use a Star Wars character name, has joined Viola Davis uh, in The Woman King. It's a historical epic from TriStar Pictures, um, and it's inspired by true events that took place in the Kingdom of Dahomey, one of the most powerful states of Africa <laughs> in the 18th and 19th centuries. I don't know. Something sounds racist about that. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, that name is hysterical. Did you say it's Dahomey? Is that what you said? Dahomey, yeah. It sounds like, a, it sound a, like a, 
I'm gonna get you, sucker skit. The king of the homie, unless I'm pronouncing <laughs> it wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I want to. I want to go with the homie. The I want to be like I'm taking a um, vacation in Dahomey. The homie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. They won't ever think that one. <laughs> hopefully, 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 John. America, ho- hopefully, John will not walk off set of this project. So. Yeah. <laughs> he can't. He, he can't say Dahomey's racist. <laughs> Uh, let's see. There's a movie called The Man in the White Van with Sean Astin, Ali Larder, Madison Wolf. It's a true crime thriller. Um, it's good to see Sean Astin, you know. Uh, I know he, he got a career resurgence in Lord of the Rings. And then he was a little quiet for a while. And then, boom, he got that role in uh, Stranger Things. And now seems like he's like all over the place again. So um, good to see Sean Astin. Um, for you fans of Suicide Squad, there's an awesome, really funny um, gag reel um, of bloopers and funny jokes, and uh, uh, you can see it uh, online. Catch it on YouTube. Um, hysterical, pure, purely hysterical. I did want to ask the subject matter expert here on uh, Star Wars about uh, Marsha Lucas, the Oscar-winning editor of the original Star Wars, who wasn't very happy with the sequel trilogy. She said, Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Abrams just don't get it. The storylines are terrible. Um, but she likes Kathleen, that, that she's full of beans, whatever that's supposed to mean. She's really smart and bright. And I like their husbands. They're, they're great people. Uh, but they just don't get it. Uh, uh, you don't get the Jedi story. You don't get the magic of Star Wars. You're getting rid of Han Solo. Uh, yeah. <sighs> Tell them how you really feel. Wow. One, Harrison Ford did not want to come back unless they killed off Han Solo. So that was his decision. Two, she also hated the prequels. Uh, So maybe she just likes the Star Wars she worked on personally, which was the original trilogy. And also, like, move on. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the amount of drama that this has created in the Star Wars like Twitter mm-hmm. sphere has been like so grating, and I'm just like I'm so over it. <laughs> I'm yeah. just like, you didn't you didn't like the prequels, you don't like the sequels, you only like the original trilogy, which I get that being proud of the work that you worked on, but like it's in different hands now. It's okay to move on. Yeah, she also didn't like how... the original is so much better though, <laughs> so much better. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I know Maggie. You have your. <laughs> you, you do have your. I like team. everything except for the Rise of Skywalker. Only <laughs> 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 movie that I don't like. Uh, let's see. How about she didn't like Luke disintegrating, uh, and the fact that they killed Luke. Um, well, Princess Leia. I mean, my gosh. Yeah, I, I agree away. with that. I agree with Luke. Yeah. Um. And they're spitting out movies every year. Actually, they stopped spitting out movies. That was the Rise of Skywalker, the last one, actually, for a while. Yeah, we're until... not supposed to get a movie until like twenty twenty five, I think. That's Patty Jenkins' Good. Rogue Squadron. Calm right? down. <laughs> yeah. Movie. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but it's an ex, ex, excerpt of Howard Kazanjian, a producer's life, which is now available. Uh, I just I think it's story. funny to like air your grievances in somebody else's memoirs. Like <laughs> yeah. it's definitely a choice. I was like, Marsha, like you could have written your own. Right. Why? Why would it be? A, right. Why <laughs> like it it's such a, it's such a choice. <laughs> Oh my goodness gracious! I, mean, I wonder well, her opinion we... on the Mandalorian. Because oh, I, I bet she loves. Which is like that they're doing right. Which like George even loves. 
Because, like, it's Dave Filoni who was, like, his own Padawan, so... He is a Padawan, that's right. (laughs) And, of course, the Emmys love The Mandalorian because it was actually nominated in the drama category. Can you believe that, guys? So let's pivot to the Emmys. Let's talk a little bit about some of the things that happened. It was hosted by Cedric the Entertainer, who opened up... uh, but kind of a funny line. We we all vaxxed. We had to get vaxxed to come here. I got vaxxed. I didn't have a reaction like Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend. Okay. And he got Pfizer because he's bougie. Pfizer's the Neiman Marcus of vaccines. Moderna, that's Macy's. And then Johnson Johnson, that's TJ Maxx. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny, man. He's, he's a fun, he's a fun. Uh, he also said the Bridgertons are very spicy. But I was thinking, ain't no way in hell a black man is going to have that much sex with a white woman in the 1800s. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Foxx couldn't have done that at Django, and he was unchained. <laughs> it was pretty funny, I have to admit. But uh, you got to love that a lot of the love of the Emmys was all about our favorite genres like WandaVision, Mandalorian, Lovecraft countries, a lot, of, a lot of the genre stuff kind of get overlooked in the Emmys, but this year was um, different, um, especially The Boys. I think that was a big surprise. Uh, Amazon's The Boys was uh, for its first ever, um, you know, Emmy nomination was pretty exciting. Um, even though WandaVision got a lot of like Emmy wins for uh well they got three awards at the creative arts emmys in costume design production and music um none of the actors uh won an emmy um a lot of people thought katherine hahn was going to win for for best yeah. supporting actors i thought that was a stretch <laughs> you thought it was not really you thought it was a stretch yeah, yeah. like i feel like she, I, I love katherine hahn like she's one of my favorite actresses but i did not yeah. think agatha was the best of her acting abilities um okay. yeah also, I'm a huge fan of Mayor of Easttown, so I was super happy to see them sweep up all of the yes. awards. Mayor Between Mayor of Easttown and Ted Lasso just absolutely like sweeping up everything, I was like, yeah, we see exactly what everybody yeah. watched this year. Lauren, I know you watched Mayor of Easttown because we had we interviewed uh, um, Mackenzie on... Uh, yeah, yeah, Mayor of Easttown, the, Lasso. <laughs> Lasso, so, yeah, so all your favorites. One, uh, uh, deservedly so, I guess, Lauren? Yeah, I mean, I thought Halston, Ian McGregor, that was fantastic. <laughs> I haven't seen that um, one yet. Yeah, I, I mean, Ted Lasso, I mean, that pretty much sweeped all the comedy categories. I have yet to watch a single episode. But what <gasps> yeah, wow, you are missing yet. out. I haven't seen it yet, yeah. Wait, what am yeah. I missing, guys? Tell me what I'm missing. Pure joy, like yeah. unmitigated joy. And and the best uh, clearly the best comedy and, and clearly deserving of all the best comedy best actors in the comedy okay yeah um but yeah Hannah Waddingham won for Out- outstanding supporting actress for Ted Lasso and uh, seems like Ted Lasso Mayor of Easttown won a ton and Julianne Nicholson for Mayor of Easttown for best supporting actress in a limited series. Uh, Brett Goldstein for supporting actor in a comedy series. Brilliant. Yeah. Roy so, Kent, my yeah. love. Yeah. Mayor of Easttown um, for uh, Outstanding Supporting Actor was Evan Peters. Um, so deserved. Which is I amazing. Great. What? Talk about a crazy moment. Uh, that scene. Um, I guess a little spoiler alert, but the uh, the scene when they're investigating the house, Mayor and uh, yeah. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, it uh, traumatized me. It, it traumatized me. <laughs> and as if it's all about the drama categories, it's all about the crown. I mean, they won writing, they won directing. Um, Jillian Anderson won for supporting actress. Tobias Menzies won for uh, supporting actor in drama series. Um, yeah, that one completely just. I mean, it's very good. It's it's a scary good show. Everything about it is good. Are you 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 keep up with the Crown? Oh yeah. Come on, yeah. man. The medieval, the medieval English history. I'm, I'm all you, you actually have to for your career. <laughs> you kind of have to know. Um, would you say, as as a as a teacher, that, that a lot of it is historically accurate? But you, but what you've seen in the Crown, the events are all accurate. I think they take some license with like the inner motivations of Elizabeth and you know some of that type of stuff. But no, like it's it's you know it's based on you know the key moments and you know what it was like behind the scenes. And I think they did a pretty good job. Yeah. Um, and of course, the the Queen's Gambit won a, a couple key awards, outstanding directing for a limited uh, anthology series and movie. Um, drug use. That was pretty much the main show of the pandemic, which was like the height of pandemic. Everyone was everyone was watching uh, either Tiger King or Queen's Gambit. <laughs> Everything <laughs> when it first hit, you know. Uh, <laughs> and of course, we mentioned Kate Winslet of Mayor of Easttown. I mean, so deserving. Of, I mean, she plays uh, a woman from PA with a strong, you know, accent, you know, Delco, you know, that Delaware County area of, of Philly, which a lot of people say is very similar to Baltimore accent, uh, the Delco accent. Um, and she's British, guys. Yeah, I, feel, she, I feel bad for them. You feel bad, right? <laughs> I think they can say wash, though. I think they say wash instead of wash. Wash? Okay. Can, can wash. they say um, zinc instead of zinc? Zinc? Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but Kate Winslet is so nice. Water, though. The water is uh, water. Water. water was uh, water, water in the zinc. What water in the zinc? Yeah. But I mean, think about it, like the how cool to see the boys and Mandalorian, and you know, it's just like I are are they are the shows that good? Or you think? Or, or whether there's a void in other great drama series. Why? Why? I mean, think about it. The man, a Star Wars series nominated. The shows are that good. The, the, the shows the, are that good. I mean, it's about time for those that kind of genre to get recognized. Yeah, nerds. Nerds will rule the world. We will. <laughs> we 100% will. I love it. It was so. I mean, yeah. And let's talk about the how it's so well written, despite all the amazing effects and. That you would would expect in a in a in a series, it is a well written series. So totally, yeah, it's character driven. There's interpersonal mm-hmm. dramas. There's stuff you can relate to. If they wrote a show where some dude out in space carrying this green baby is somehow relatable to the common man on a on a normal basis, that's well written, <laughs> right? No, like my six year old who has never seen an episode wanted a Grogu toy for his birthday, which we got him. Oh, good. But I mean, he's Aww. never seen it. But like, I mean, it's like, it's just has permeated the culture Aww. so cute. much, you know. And he's so cute. Grogu's cute. cute. Aww, it is. And then what about like Cobra Kai? I mean, this is a show that Chachi, you know, told me to watch when it was only on YouTube. Yeah, it Chachi goes on this show. Yes. And it goes on Netflix and just gets a crazy fan following. And next thing you know, you see Ralph Macchio at the Emmys, which it's awesome. Who would have thought, right? 
Right? I think it's pretty amazing uh, to see to see that happen. Um, and it's it's a fun show. So for those of you guys that haven't seen um, Cobra Kai, it's it's a definitely. And like you said, Chaz, that is an example of a show that is a successful re. Well, it is a sequel reboot of sorts, right? But it's technically a sequel series. But uh, right, because it wasn't just a money grab. It was it was people mm-hmm. who created it, who loved the Karate Kid franchise, and wanted to do right about it. They didn't care about like. Oh, let me remake this shit. Let me um, mm-hmm. make um, you know, um, Ralph Macchio uh, a woman or something. Like it was like let's let's have all the same characters. Let's create new characters that people will love, and that's mm-hmm. what they did. And it's been very paid, paid um yeah paid respect to the 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 property that paved the way basically. And the tone, right? The tone is right. It matches. Right. So, so often they'll do a remake. It'll be the same characters, but a totally, completely separate movie that has no exactly. calls back. Exactly. I mean, it it yep. could have very well been a train wreck. And I mean, if anybody else right. did it, it probably would have been. They probably would have made it the whole thing a joke. You know, they probably would have like they make a fun of um, the Karate Kid the whole time. Mm-hmm. They did it right. They did it Good right. They, um, they deserve all the awards they get or get nominated for. Get nominated is, is just an important thing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, let's see, RuPaul made history as uh, with 11 Emmy wins, broke uh, the record for the most Emmy wins by a person of color for his RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, and there's a couple surprises, a couple snubs. Um, the surprise, they said Tobias Menzies um, winning for portraying Prince Philip was a surprise because they thought Michael K. Williams of Lovecraft Country, who sadly had passed away, he was in uh, The Wire as well, and loved in baltimore they actually had a dedication for him at the ravens game uh, a lot of people thought that they would give it to michael k williams but obviously you know you can't give a sympathy sympathy vote i guess i don't know but um yeah, I yeah. That was amazing because tobias i felt like had a less he was less you know part of the storyline this past mm-hmm. season because he won last year right too yeah did he win last year as well yeah i think he did but that was because he had such a so many a strong bigger, a strong role for the previous season, but it wasn't as big as a role this season, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. A lot of people are surprised Billy Porter did not um, win uh, for the second year in a row. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's yeah, it was it was um it was an overall pretty pretty entertaining. Um, Emmy Awards show, um, but um, but let's move on because uh, uh, so Netflix. Let's see what's going on in Netflix, guys. All right, so um, there's a Sundance movie called Passing, which stars Tessa Thompson, and um, this film. Um, this one looks so good. Doesn't it look really good? I'm so excited. it's uh, based on a novel from Nella Larson, and it's two uh, childhood friends um, who could pass for white and. Um, um, Claire, who's played by Nega, um, just decides to um, become a white woman, um, and she says her life is much better now. And uh, based 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 on what I saw in the trailer, and um, I guess uh, Tessa Thompson's character uh, celebrating the black culture, where Claire is kind of um, trying to put all that in the past and trying to to have a new identity, a new life. Uh, she even has the blonde hair and, um, you know, um, and marries a man who supposedly is racist um, when he doesn't know the truth about her, you know. 
looks like a very powerful, powerful film. It, it, it got a lot of uh, attention at Sundance, and uh, it will be available uh, on Netflix on November 10th. So that should be cool to check out. Um, let's see. Um, Giancarlo Esposito looks like uh, Grand Marf Tark. Uh, what's uh, what's his character's name in The Mandalorian? <laughs> Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon, thank you. I almost said Moff Tarkin. He's got a new show called Jigsaw. I hope this doesn't interfere with his his uh, duties on Mandalorian, but it's called... Uh, I hope it doesn't interfere Jig- with Better Call Saul. Oh, Better Call Saul, yeah. It's a Jigsaw series. Uh, it's called Jigsaw, rather. Loosely based on um, 7 million, 70, million, uh, 70 billion in bonds that went missing in downtown Manhattan during Hurricane Sandy. Um, the plot spanned 24 years and centers around the largest heist ever attempted and the vengeance, scheming, loyalties, and betrayals that surround it. Sounds pretty uh, interesting. I- I'll definitely check that out based on the plot, you know? Um, if you're a fan of uh, Virgin River, that's going to be renewed for a fourth and fifth season. Very happy about that. Are you a fan? We had Grace and I Grace love that show, yeah. Below the Vault Show. I don't know if you were here, there for that one. No, I wasn't, um, but yeah, I love that show. Oh, cool. Um, but if you're a fan of Hit and Run, it is not returning. It will not get a second season. Um, and I know your Grace would be uh, interest, interested to see, well, she's not here tonight, but the Britney Spears documentary film, Britney versus Spears um, with a release date of September 28th. They just dropped the trailer that will be on Netflix. It's all about her conservatorship. You know, how um, um, Brittany had been allegedly censored from, you know, communicating, you know, um, held, you know, against her own will. <laughs> uh, I guess the documentary might uh, some, bring some light to that. So if you're curious about that. Well, she's uh, still got married, though. She, she's getting married. Yeah, she just got engaged. Yeah. 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 How do you meet people when you're like locked down? <laughs> like, is, it, you know, is the marriage what four for her, five for yeah. her? It's like I'm out here every weekend, and she's like locked down, and, and, and you know, and she's engaged. <laughs> yeah, know. it's a uh, pop star, and it's Zoom, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> 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 it's be, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Uh, Disney Plus has um, an upcoming Disney Plus Day. November 12th, so Shang-Chi will be dropping on Disney+. Plus. Um, Jungle Cruise will be taken off from your access and be available for free. So I can finally see it. I was holding off on that one. Um, also, the Home Alone spinoff film, Home Sweet Home Alone, will also drop uh, on November 12th. So. See, I'm glad they called it a different name and not like... Because I mean, it's, it's going to suck, obviously. We know that, right? Yeah, it's going to be bad. Yeah, so don't call it Home Alone. Home sweet home alone, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a weird, awkward title. It's just a little home yeah. sweet home on the range, home alone. Yeah. <laughs> just That's another thing. Hard. Like the first, the first two were great, you know, and right. like nobody talks about the other two. They made the sequels with different kids, and and now this is going to be totally different. Yeah. Yep. This is not the only it's one a, they're doing. Chops. The money grab. Doing a lot. What was the project they're rebooting? Uh. The Flight of the Navigator. Thank you. Gosh, that's not the last yeah. time. Oh, that Flight was my jam when I was a kid. That was like that was my first favorite movie. I think I saw that like seven times or something. Yeah, right. They're remaking awesome. it. They're remaking it. They're gonna it. ruin it. It leads. Um, they have a he owns. They're gonna make money off of. They're gonna try to. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. yeah they like live and die off of remakes. Like, it doesn't matter if people want to see it or whatever. Like they're gonna yeah. make a remake out of it. 
This is very true. This is very true. They're doing a, a Frozen series with Olaf called uh, Olaf Presents. Cute. That's going to drop also. Also, a short film from Pixar called Ciao Alberto. I have to watch that one. Sounds hard. Sorry, what, what's it? What's it called again? Ciao Alberto. Oh, I wanted to see that accent used one more time. Thank you. <laughs> just, just, for the title, just for the title alone, I hate it. Uh, stop it. Uh, the, the Book of Boba Fett, I guess they're going to... Um, I don't think it's debuting on... Uh, it's not. It? It's, okay. it's supposed to be a trailer. It's like a, a, trailer. Like a feature a trailer, ad trailer. Yeah. Yeah. The series well, we are... is supposed to drop in December. Yes. And how many episodes, Maggie, have you heard? Uh, we do not know. Okay, because I I've heard, heard somewhere between four. eight and ten. Oh, eight and ten is more like it. Okay, first I heard four. I'm like four. That's not even yeah. Serious. So like it was originally four was what was originally being said, and now people okay. are saying like maybe more like eight to ten. There's also some ambiguity really. about whether or not it it in some parts might function as part of like the Mandalorian story and like have some overlap there with where things ended. There's a lot of things that you know nobody knows anything yet. Everything's just speculation yeah. based off hearsay, but. Interesting. Oh man, I cannot wait. I'm excited. See, it's so much better having these actual series than Star Wars movies. Because the series, you can take your time and build the characters up. And like, look, we got yeah. like what? We got, we got like 20 episodes of um, Mandalorian so far. And like, you know, if if it was a movie, we'd have had like one one movie so far. A Mandalorian right. that was two and a half hours. We got so much more content now having it in TV form. And it, it just watches just like a movie. They're just it does. Like little. It's movie quality. Little movie quality um, episodes. Yeah. So, very cool. Very cool. Let's see what else is coming to Disney Plus. Um, there is a live action series um, Chris Columbus is doing. He's returning to the kids fantasy genre, based on his House of Secrets book. Um, so, uh, Harry Potter and the Sor- Sorcerer's Stone director co-authored the House of Secrets. Um, so that should be pretty cool. That's also coming up to Disney Plus as well. I love Chris Columbus. Chris I Columbus. Celebrate, yeah, I celebrate him every um, every October. All the great movies. On Columbus Day. Yeah. 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 All the great movies he made um, over the years. <laughs> oh my God. That's that's, like, that's the proper way to celebrate Columbus Day. Watch Christopher Columbus movies. It is. It is. Yeah. There's so many good ones to choose. And there's from. some historian, but we don't really care. We're more about the director, right? I mean, yeah. he he did um, he did so many so many classics in the 80s. Yeah. Certainly. And I know. Uh, he, let's he, see. He did Goonies. He did Gremlins. I mean, he did, he did Home Alone. Right? As a director. Home Alone yeah. 2. This is Doubtfire. Yeah. Man. And so does that mean you're going to tune into this um, House of Secrets on Disney Plus? I might have to. You might have to, right? Okay. Cool, man. Um, let's see on Babysitting. H- Adventures in Babysitting. Wow. Another wow. Classic, you could, yeah. We could be all, all night naming his. Uh, I might do it. I might do it. Right. Let's see. HBO Max. We saw some really cool footage during the Emmys about some new projects. Uh, The the Peacemaker series based on John Cena's character from the Suicide Squad movie, which looked really (laughs) fun. So you had to watch the end credits. You're probably wondering how in the F is Peacemaker having a series. But if you watch the end credits of Suicide Squad, you know that he is alive and well. He was uh, saved. uh, Unlike some of my favorite characters. Yeah, who are you as a polka dot man? Which one are you uh, saddest to see? Rick. Rick? Yeah, Captain Boomerang. No, uh, Rick Flag. Oh, wait, what's his alter ego? 
Um, he's the one that's in charge of all of them. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, it's Joel Kinnaman. Joel Kinnaman's character. Yeah. Flag. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, because he was also one of the original uh, characters from the, yeah. the first movie, too. You so. know, I, just, I have to say, people have come back to life before, so. It is a comic book genre, you know. I mean, he's not Wolverine, but, uh, yeah, crazier things have happened in the, in, the, in the comic book universe, that's for sure. <laughs> exactly. But are you going to tune in to Peacemaker? Is that something that you... Probably. Eh. Probably. <laughs> They're probably gonna. I like DC, so I'll do it. Yeah, I love DC as well. Also, the final um, second season. Sorry, the second season of Euphoria. Did a preview of that, and fifth season of Insecure, and the new Sex in the City, and just like that, um, all in that mini trailer of upcoming stuff to see on HBO. Um, also, an HBO Max. Um, there's a series called Tokyo Vice, um, with Ansel Elgert, Ken Watanabe, Rachel Keller. It's a Japanese and English language crime drama series, um, loosely inspired by American journalist Jake Edelstein's 2009 memoir, Tokyo Vice, an American reporter on the police beat in Japan. Um, so that looks pretty cool. Um, and if you're a fan of Succession, they just dropped a season three trailer. Um, has anyone watched Succession? I have not gotten into that show yet. I mean, it's. I think that that show probably would have made an impact to the Emmys, but they, I guess their last season, they, I guess they skipped a little bit, so they weren't eligible, I guess, for this season, I think. But uh, no, people love that show. I have I have yet to check it out yet. A lot of people. Uh, compare it to billions, but um, and if you're a fan of his dark materials, a um, couple new um actors are joining the cast: Sion Clifford from Fleabag and Sherlock actor Jonathan Aris. His dark materials, another show I have. I knew um Morgan watches that, but I've never seen his dark materials. Has anyone checked out his dark <laughs> materials? Is, is it is it worth a look? Yeah, it's good. It is good. Is it good? It seems uh, like no, no, a like fantasy it's, show that just kind of is under the radar, you know? It doesn't have yeah. that. I figured I figured you would have checked out his dark materials, Al. His yeah, dark I mean, it's, it's really high production value. Like, they put a lot of money into it. But it's also, like, it's more geared towards, like, young adults. Okay. Yeah. So, like, you don't have, like, you know, big adult fight scenes. It's more like, you know, a team of intrepid kids being pesky and punky. Right, Okay. <laughs> All right, well, give that one a shot. Gosh, there's so much content out there. Um, <laughs> I'll see over on Showtime, Catherine Hahn, Agatha all along, has her new a role as Joan Rivers. So she's been playing Joan Rivers in the Comeback Girl, a limited series in development at Showtime. It's pretty interesting. Also, I think we talked about Betty Gilpin earlier. She's going to be starring opposite the Wanda Wise and Shailene Woodley on a show called Three Women. Um, and it's an adaptation of the bestseller by Lisa Tadeo, described as an intimate, haunting uh, portrayal of American female desire. Okay. Um, that should be good. I mean, Betty Gilpin's fan- fantastic. She was in Glow, which is an example of a show that I would have loved to have seen a final season or final movie to wrap that up, but we are not getting it. So. Um, yeah, that pisses me off. 
that pisses me off too, man. Uh, that's just not good. <laughs> um, let's see. Also, Hulu um, has its own version of a knife, knives out type of project. Um, it's called Career Opportunities in Murder and Mayhem. And um, Homeland alum Mandy Patinkin is going to lead that cast. Um, he's a phenomenal actor. I did watch Homeland. He's great in that. Um, should be pretty cool. Um, over on Apple, there's this really cool trailer for Tom Hanks' post-apocalyptic genre called Finch. This is pretty cool. I don't know if anyone checked out the trailer. He, uh, Tom Hanks plays a robotics engineer. And he's struggling to survive on a world where a solar flare has killed all crops and made the planet nearly uninhabitable. So he's basically alone in his lab. Um, yeah, him so and his dog. Him and his dog until he builds Turner and Hooch robot. way in the future. Yep, until he builds his robot and uh, yeah, and hopefully they will save mankind after that. <laughs> yeah, Apple's got some good. I think Apple's trying to really up their content game because they don't have. They're kind of lacking in subscribers, so they got to do big things like this. You know, they got a big movie called The Tragedy of Beth, which has a Shakespearean Martin and. Sure, you might take a, a liking to it's yeah. it's Joel then, Cohen spinning um, the Shakespeare tale with Denzel Washington. It's Denzel about. Washington. And it's not the first time he's done it. He crushes it as he's one of the princes so in uh, Much Ado About Nothing by Kenneth. Much Ado About Nothing. 95. That's right. He just de- he destroyed his role. Like he he oh yeah, like, he's good at Shakespeare. I, I think he's okay. Good it's been a while since we've seen Shakespeare on the big screen, right? Yeah. So Especially be- well, there was like one or two that like they didn't hit all the way. Right. So it's been a while. There was that one that uh Florence Pugh was in a little while ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. I love it's her. Been a, it's been about five weeks since we had one last. Five weeks. Yeah. <laughs> it's the '90s. It's a big string of like you know. Yeah, '90s. It got it got super popular. Well, we you got had that. The, uh, you know what? Romeo and Juliet with Claire <laughs> Danes and DiCaprio was my favorite, hands yeah. down. That's definitely worth a look if you haven't seen it. Um, and then Frances McDormand plays uh, Lady Macbeth. And Corey Hawkins plays Macduff. So, interesting cast. Have to see how and good play, too. Oh, of course. Frances Macbeth. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it looks like they're, they're really trying over at Apple. You know, trying to get uh, people to uh, subscribe. <laughs> and same with Paramount+. Plus. So, the, those are the two the, of the, the least... The, the the stream platforms that are trying to get some traction. Yeah, and I'm not Paramount doing Plus. it. I'm not, I'm not, I refuse There's to take too many. any other shit. <laughs> yeah, unless not. unless we get a press a press access, right? Maggie? Something like that. But yeah, I'm not. <laughs> That's the workaround. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they're doing a Paranormal Activity Next of Kin movie exclusively for Paramount Plus subscribers. I love which, those. They just dropped the trailer for that, which yeah, I know they're not pretty high interesting. End. I know they're like, Low end movies, but I love the paranormal activities. I love that shit. <laughs> right. And Peacock's another um, uh, streaming platform that's trying to get some traction. They have a, a pitch perfect TV series with Adam Devine's character, Bumper Allen, uh, where Bumper moves to Germany to revive his music career. And Elizabeth Banks will be producing. Um, yeah, it was a little bit of a guilty pleasure, the pitch perfect movies. So. <laughs> I'm sure you weren't that guilty. 
My husband loves those movies. Those are like my husband's favorite movies. I just love, I, I love Adam Kendrick. I love Britney Snow. What can I, I mean, say? For many times he talked about Pitch Perfect on this show. I don't think you've ever well, I mean, hey, whatsoever. I was, it was, it was cool to work on the show, uh, on the third film in Atlanta. Um, <laughs> Hopefully your buddy will, will be back for this one. Which one are we referring to? The one I'm not a fan of? From there. Yeah. Oh, I'm not a fan of <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. Also on Peacock, Lost Star Matthew Fox will have a limited series called Last Night. It tells of a story of a family fighting to survive in a world that has been suddenly thrown into chaos. Okay. Um, <coughs> sounds of, yeah, very, I guess, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe some parallels to Lost for this new series that uh, Matthew Fox and Chachi, I know you're a big Lost fan. Um, they're mean. also rebooting Life Goes On, Chach. And I know you're a big, big uh, fan of the 90s show, weren't you? I mean, I used to like it, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's an, again, do we need another reboot? Do we, do we need, like, remakes again? Yeah, they don't have a um a channel or a streaming platform just yet, but it did get greenlit. And uh, Chad Lowe, who actually, I believe, starred in the original series, will be coming back this one, so. It's going to be I hard. Be, uh, he's, yeah. oh, he's going to be the main character again? Yeah. Um, well, so let's see. Well, Ch- Chad Lowe is the one that actually tweeted about it. Yeah. Was yeah. he the one that had Down syndrome? No, no. That was uh, Chris Burke who played Corky. Oh, so Corky's not coming back. I don't think Corky's coming back. No, right. so. <laughs> but how are they going to find like a, um, a kid with Down syndrome who's also like black and like Asian? For this role. Oh wow! All right. I mean, all right. Um, similarly speaking, of uh, C- CBS is pulling the competition series *The Activists* after backlash from an online activist communities. Um, the show will be reworked as a more straightforward documentary special. So there was a lot of uh, controversies because it was uh, basically because of the judges. Maybe they weren't the best judges to to judge activism and because it's kind of like um the puppeteer aspect of it um there's a lot of basically controversy controversy about um this show they just decided to pull the plug on it entirely I, I didn't think it was a good idea quite frankly so um i actually think this is a good time to take a classic cut break guys because uh we've been yapping for a while and it's time to take a drink and uh um, and when we get back, guys, um, we'll finish up entertainment. And then we got Chandler Riggs from The Walking Dead, which is pretty freaking awesome. That man. is cool. Um, for eight seasons of The Walking Dead, he's also recurring on um, on a show called A Million Little Things. And he's another uh, celebrity guest that will be attending Monster Mania. So um, with that said, let's go ahead and I guess take a classic cut break and... While we do that, we also have to say goodbye to Lauren Mealy. We'll be uh, uh, stepping off after oh. Classic Cut. Lauren One was great. I'll make it. I'll make it through the. No, it's good to have you though. You got you got mom duty tomorrow, right? You got to be yeah, up. Yeah, I'm up early. Yeah, mom duty for awesome. sure. Awesome. <laughs> thanks for joining us, Lauren. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. So, Chachi, I guess you want to hear your uh, theme music, yeah? Everybody does. 
Oh, the theme music. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one second. And... I'll add your boy. Chachi. Yeah, that's right. It's Chachi in charge once again for Chachi's classic cut, where each and every week I dig into our vast archives of music, pick out a cassette tape, and play it for your listening pleasure. And this week is no different. I'm going way back, way back to 1978. Holy smokes. Further back than I normally go. But um, it's September now. And um, is you know, it? Today's, yeah, it is. Yep, yeah. today's the first day of fall. Yes. And, and you pumpkin know, pumpkin lattes. Song, pumpkin lattes. I had one today. And this song is about September, um, specifically the 21st night of September. By a group called Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, nice. This is a classic. Yeah, so this is from November 18th, 1978. It was recorded in September 1978, but it didn't come out until November. So I don't know. They kind of missed the mark there. But they caught up in the, the rest of the um, you know 40 years after that. But this is September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Enjoy. All right. All right. We'll be back after the classic cut. All right, the, back from the classic cut. September, so is there, are, are people excited about fall weather, pumpkin lattes? No. Um, layering yeah, Really up. good summer. I was happy about the summer. I'm not one of these people that like, always likes to rush into the next season. I feel like as soon as you land in a season, people are like, can't wait for the next one. Like, calm the fuck down. We'll, we'll get yeah. there. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just... gonna, I promise it'll happen. Just, <laughs> Fall is my favorite season. I am a huge fan of Halloween. And this year, like last year, I didn't obviously get to enjoy fall how I always did going to New York and like seeing all the leaves as they're turning on my way into like Sleepy Hollow. And I booked my hotel in Sleepy Hollow and I like get to go back. So I'm very happy. Fall is here. And and it starts with also the New York Comic Con. Yeah. Is there anything in particular? with the NYCC you're looking forward to, Maggie? Because uh, you are. Oh, I'm just excited press. to see my. I am approved press. I'm just excited to see my friends. Like I have so many friends up in New York, and like one of my really good friends is flying down from Toronto, um, and that's that's really. I have been deprived of human companionship for the last year and a half, so wow. I've still been pretty much at home. So it's gonna be my first big soiree back into mm. reality. I'm glad that you're you're finally uh yeah you're at the point yeah like I'm taking the full plunge like the full plunge like full plunge. (laughs) I've gone from like being in my house for a year and a half to being like yeah I'll go to New York I'm gonna go to a convention (laughs) like yeah that's that's legit that's yeah which was the episode at one point but uh but yeah no no New York was fantastic I I was happy to be there last weekend and I hopefully we'll be back I'm just waiting for uh 
Waiting for that green light from NYCC. I think we're supposed to find out really soon. So um, that's always one of my favorite Comic Cons is the New York Comic Con. I mean, oh, I love panels, it. It's my favorite. The panels and just the activities and the stuff going on. The only is issue is second and none. Like this year, they're doing some things differently. Like you had to reserve panel spaces, and like they they quote unquote sold out super fast. So like I only got the Sandman panel. Oh wow! Oh um, wow! Neil Gaiman Sandman. That's the only panel that was open. It was between that or Dragon Ball Z, and that was not an anime that I had any interest in as a child. So. <laughs> Oh yeah, a little like disappointing. Fan, that's too bad. Goku is the man. <laughs> <laughs> so wait a minute. As as press, are you not allowed to kind of slip into any panel that you wish? No, it like it says on the thing that press don't get any special perks in terms of panels. You have to wait okay. in line like everybody else. So. Wow. But you know, it's it's gonna be smaller. Like the Javits Center is is at like low capacity, so like I'm not expecting like crowds a lot of people are mad because like you have to be vaccinated for it so it weeded out a lot of people it did yeah yeah so that that could be good um as far as the more better chance of social distance i mean it is huge venue the exactly. javits center is and like some of the that. big um some of the big brands aren't going this year like funko's not going um marvel comics oh. isn't having a booth i don't think dc oh. comics is having a booth wow, um, wow that's two just because publishers right there so the, the issue is, the reason for it is because of the supply chain issue that they're having right now. A lot of comics and a lot of books are having back issue orders because things are getting pre-ordered, but their um, publishers and printers aren't able to meet that demand. So that's a lot of the reason why some of the big comic people are not attending larger conventions that require products they don't oh, have any wow. it's Funko a really big issue right now in publishing yeah Funko was one of the huge ones they have yeah and they, they also like into that exhibit hall they can announce as many pops as they want to announce but they don't have the manufacturing behind it so yeah wow so that's one thing we're looking forward to the the new york comic-con um but let's talk a little bit of some uh, crazy stuff going on in entertainment so like there could be a potential strike with IATSE, which, as you know, is the union for a lot of people behind the camera. I mean, these are the cameramen, these are the makeup artists, the production assistants, um, clearly uh, the backbone of any production. Um, so there's a lot of like, um, uh, like grievances with, with, uh, with the hours and the issues with new media, how a lot of them don't make as much money in new media. Um, and, uh, and it's killing me that SAG isn't saying anything because those are all the same issues that uh, at least a large portion of their members have to deal with. Because, I mean, background right. works those ridiculously long hours as well. Yes. So, yeah, I'm yeah. very bitter that we have had no communication from our powers I mean, that be. The, the communication could be key to kind of, you know, um, prevent the, a strike from happening if, if, if any kind of deal, uh, you know, I mean, Later, these are all so the unions. Communicate. Yeah, yeah. And, and obviously, if the strike happens, um, then it could lead to a nationwide shutdown of TV and film production. <laughs> Um, It'll also lead to people pushing for people to cancel their subscriptions as well. 
that's been a big buzzword going on right now as well. Once the strike happens, that then they're expecting people to also be like, and we're cutting the cord. No Hulu, yeah. no Netflix, no none of this until you go back to the wow. drawing board and fix the I'm not new sure media. I mean, it needs to be done. Out there that can get me to quit Netflix. I'm, I'm not sure there's a cause I believe in. I know. I'm like, I'm like, oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm I just want, I just want, I just won't watch anything. Oh yeah, you're just kidding. <laughs> Think I'm staying on. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I think their grievances are justified. You know, I mean, obviously we all want uh, fair pay for for long hours, and if it's new media, supposedly they don't make as much as network television. I think that's always another issue. That is. 100%. So. And people are still reporting that they are working between 16 and 18 hour days, and they're not getting the turnaround that mm-hmm. they should be afforded. So it's. I mean, that's not healthy. I mean, TV shows would go so much quicker if they let their people actually sleep eight hours and people weren't running on like two to three hours of sleep every day. Yeah. Like that's not healthy. I've had some really close calls when I got drowsy behind the wheel. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's, no it's terrifying. It's very terrifying. And it's like, and it's the fear that like, if you have to call out for something, you're replaceable and that leaves you mm-hmm. to make bad decisions for your own health. Right because of that fear like there's oh i could go on and on like i mm, Please, i have yeah. so many opinions about union stuff like <sighs> well, how do you feel sag after has handled everything <laughs> i'm not happy about sag currently um i'm quite vocal about it on twitter um i think our recent election was ridiculous and who we nominated was really ridiculous um fran drescher Though I loved her as Nanny, I uh, <laughs> was not happy with her campaign, was not happy with how she wanted to make SAG more glamorous. And yet she didn't even put out a tweet on Labor Day to mention unions or anything. Oh, more yeah. of the same. And that was like, that's the bare minimum. Like being <laughs> like, oh, it's Labor Day. Like this is a day to support unions. Like thank a person in the union, you know, something smart. Yeah, no, you know. of course. Not not a word, but she did tweet about like some random TV show she was on. So you know, really. Oh, okay. Well, that, that's okay. Well, what about Matthew Modine? How, how was his? I love uh, Matthew. I love okay. Matthew. I supported so, his last campaign. I supported him in this campaign. I'm really happy about Jolie Fisher getting secretary. She is yeah. great. Um, yeah, I'm Joel definitely membership first. Uh, we don't have parties, the, but I'm membership first. Yeah, that first. was the running mate of uh, Matthew Modine, right? Yes. Yeah. It's interesting she did make it through. It, the, it doesn't work like the U.S. presidential election. where It's you're chaos. The it's just it's whoever wins. If the running mate of the other opposite side wins, then uh, wins the vote. Then they, they And it was it. really cool to see like some of the actors who were on the membership first side, like Sean Astin, Elijah Wood, like all of these actors that I've looked up to like for so long were on like Matthew's side of things. Um, I got a kick out of, I can't remember his name right now, but... Uh, the actor who played Maxwell in The Nanny, like, versus, you know, on there, he was in support of Matthew Modian against Frank. Whoa. Former yeah. co-star was not signed. Uh-huh. Huh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It cracked okay. me up a bit, but, yeah. No, I have a lot of, I have aspirations at one point that I, I plan to run for local, local delegate. Board. Yeah, I, I would vote for I you. I would really like to. I would really like to. I'd um, vote for you. Toying man. with that. Yeah, well, because I've been on boards before, like this kind of like the litigation, the going through contracts and stuff. That is exactly my my thing. Well, the problem (laughs) with this potential strike is if the the 
they haul productions down, it will be very. They haven't had this be hard. 14, 14 years ago with the writer's strike. That was the last time production was halted for so long. Of course, we had the the COVID sh- um, halting, which some and this will be so much harder because, like, the Writers Guild, they just brought in non-union writers and, and, and producers thought television. they were suddenly writers. Right. Yeah, and so many shows tanked. So many shows. Oh, tanked. I still yes. heroes. I loved Heroes. Like that oh, was God, my show. Yes. And I love Heroes too. It was a solid show. That was. So, it was so good. And oh, the writers' strike. Wait, wait. Was I, there I, I, shows heroes got affected wh- by the writers' strike. That's why it went downhill. Mm-hmm. Okay, it got to be horrible. Where um, what was the top villain? Um, Siler. Siler. Yeah. Like like yeah. one week he was a, a villain. Next week Maybe he was boy. a hero. It went back and forth. <laughs> Gabriel off. Gray, yes. Yeah. His backstory is I have an action figure of Siler on my bookshelf. And, like, yes. <laughs> Big fan was, of that show. But, he yeah. Was, he was it, terrifying. It, that was a great terrifying. bad guy. It was a great Zachary good, Quinto. Good, 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 oh, good, good, I love him. Yeah. Siler. He's a really nice guy, too. They, they ruined him, too. But, like, it's going to be so much harder. Every time. It was fantastic. Oh, my God. And Kristen Bell as L. Horn and glasses. I love that show. That was They're like, all great. My jam. James Kyson Lee. Um, the hero of space and time. Yeah, that's a great Hero's show. Yeah. Yes. I mean, but so heroes were born. Where, where, what, what um, failed to connect? <clears throat> heroes were born. Just it didn't have the magic of the first season or the first yeah. series. I mean, the first season was like the best season. Oh um, God, it was so good. Yeah. Such a like straightforward logline, like solid performances all around. Yeah, I mean it's the same yep. thing with um the show Prison Break. Like sometimes these writers have a great first season in mind, you know, oh, knowing right. that the, the show may never get picked up, the show might not make it past one season, and if it does, they're like, oh shit, we gotta write some more stuff, you know. So they had like their whole entire life to think of like the first season, and then they have like a few months to think of season two. So a lot of times, Prison they, Break was such a mess. Yeah, but it was so great the first season though. It was solid for a season. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they all escape from prison and then like they're, they keep running into each other. Like, like they have, they yeah, have they, they have to keep working on little things together. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it's, like, it's the concept of like, oh, they're trying to break out of prison. Okay, they're out of prison. What do they do now? Exactly, right. And like, <laughs> Break out of more prison. They're trying to find them. No one could find them. But yet they kept them like running into each other, walking down like a dirt road. Like, oh, hey. Like, <laughs> what do you know? We're both on the same street. Yeah. What are the odds? <laughs> Maggie, I wanted to ask about um, Star Wars Visions because I caught the first episode. Oh, it's um, so good. I haven't. I, I I intend to watch the rest. Um, it, it was it was it was fine. It was it was fair. The first episode was fair, but I'm 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 wondering if the best is yet to come. How, how many episodes? Yeah, are definitely yet? the best is yet to come. Um, there are nine episodes. They range from 13 to 22 minutes long. Um, the last one, I believe, is the one that is the longest. Um, it's about 22 minutes long, and yeah, they're all they're all so different. And that's what I think was so unique about this anthology was that there's potential for you to either love all of them or to find like one or two that really resonate with you. And since Star Wars borrowed from the Japanese culture and mythos so heavily when it was, you know, first conceived, it feels like such a natural connection to now have so much of that celebrate it and represent it by these fantastic Japanese studios that, you know, lent their stories to the Star Wars universe. And every single one of the stories ends in a way that makes you want more. 
Uh, and that was like one of my big questions when I talked to the EP and the producer. I was like, so is there going to be more? And they're like, well, I guess people need to watch it on Wednesday. So watch it. <laughs> watch it. Talk about it. Uh, generate that content. Because I think this is something really fun that we could have for years to come of different studios getting to play with yeah. Star Wars and go outside of the mold, take chances, play with themes that we've seen before, but kind of repackage them. Um, there's one in particular that I really liked, Loth and Ocho, which was like the one I was not excited for because I don't like okay. rabbits. Um, oh. And that one ended up being my favorite. Um, but also like the Ninth Jedi, um, the Elder. The Jedi, okay. okay. Um, so many cool concepts played in it. Um, Akiri is another really good one as well. Um, the Village Bride. They're also good. Um, and then there's the featurette as well. There's the nine episode um, special features that uh, they have like interviews with all the different studios and the creators. And they talk about kind of like the inception of each of the shorts. You kind of get a glimpse behind the veil, which is very fun. And I haven't seen enough people talking about that. <laughs> well, yeah. So you guys need to watch uh, Star Wars Visions. And they're, they're doing um, they're not doing the one episode per week like they're doing Mandalorian. You can see all the episodes now. Thank God. So they did a Netflix thing. They didn't do a typical Disney Plus thing. So watch Star Wars Visions so they can get you know, like two and a half hours of content to watch here. It's basically one animated movie with um, storylines. A bunch of stories. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's so fun, and I and it's been really fun to see like my friend group um, on like the Star Wars Twitter, seeing everybody finding the ones that like resonate with them. Like all of them are good, but there's some that just like if you like certain elements of Star Wars, there's like certain things that you're like, yes, this this is what Star Wars is. Like this is the thing I love. Like there's stuff with like the dark side, there's stuff with the light side, there's like different connections, masters and padawans family found family twins like so many fun concepts okay and some of the characters that you love and admire or and then of course new characters you're being introduced to as well right oh yeah yeah boba fett appears in one of them um and it's great on the english dub they actually got tamora morrison to voice boba fett yeah uh, i love that when they um, do the voice. tattooing rhapsody which is so fun um, that's such a fun one. Um, and that has some really interesting, like, vocal talent as well. Like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in that one. Um, Henry Golding is in one. Jamie Chung's in that that one as oh, well. Cool. Um, George Takai is in that that one. That's um, Akiri. Um, so many fun. So many fun voice actors. Uh, but I highly recommend listening to both the original Japanese version and then listening to the English dub. You even got a David Harbour is in one. With David Harbour. Like, it's crazy the people that they got for this. From Black Widow and, of course, um, Hopper Stranger, from Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. I have to tune in. How about What If? Now, I'm a little behind on What If. Have you, have you, have you tuned yeah, in? I'm, I'm up to date. You're up to date, Martin. Yeah. Go for it, Martin. Please uh, just keep me posted because I, I need to know what I'm looking forward to and what I'm missing so far. It, no, it, it's good. It's, it's all good. They're doing a pretty good job of jumping around like different characters and different windows of the universe. Um, it does. It does regrettably all seem to be like race and gender driven so far. But outside of that, <laughs> is it race and gender driven? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it's interesting because like it's also the swan song for Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This final portrayal is T'Challa. Black Panther. Yeah, that, that was a solid episode. Yeah. So those are uh, definitely two that I need to get into. Any Rick and Morty fans that saw the the uh, season five uh, two-part finale? Anyone? 
I have one more to go. Five, yeah, yeah. One oh, more you, to you, go. Two, you have one more to go, Chach. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Was it good? It was good. The, the Samurai Rick. Um, yeah, episode was really good. Maggie, yeah, not for me, this final yet. season was really hit or miss. Like, there were some really good ones, and there were some, like, I thought really boring ones, which was surprising because, like, before this final season, like, almost every episode, every other season were, like, home runs. Yeah, so, every single one. Yeah. I mean, do you feel the same way with the season? Because, I mean, I just started watching it for the first time, like, a month ago. So, like, I watched, you know, every season in a row, like, you know, in just, like, four weeks. But the but the final season just seemed like it was, like, kind of, like, a letdown for a lot of the uh, episodes. I don't know. I love the Voltron episode. I love the uh, copy of a copy episode. Um, I love the uh, the horse episode. I don't know. There's some standout episodes from this current season. No, I'm saying there were some good ones, but I'm saying yeah. there were like usually every episode. Co- compared to comparatively to to the to the season, so it's yeah, I, I can see where you're where you're going with that. Yeah, yeah. I guess there's only so much creativity you could <laughs> put on pen to paper. Uh, I think they had uh, longer to write this season than they had any other season, right? Because they had, like, the whole, like, pandemic. Well, That's all right, yeah. They had a huge break from three to four, and then the four to five, we did not have as long as a break. I think that was the one then, yeah. Um, but the uh, season three to season four, that was maybe why season four might have been your favorite, if you thought season four was one of the strongest uh, seasons. Um, but, yeah, there was a huge lull between those two seasons, for sure. Yeah, see, yeah. I think when, when uh, Rick's being a, a big dick, which is, seems like he was like more of a dick in past seasons. <laughs> I don't know. He's a gentler, kindler, yeah. mad scientist now. But that one, that one was great with the um, with that portal that went to the went to the land that was um, where time moved faster than Earth. So when yeah. when Morty went there, he like um, he he fucked everything up. Like, that was the season, right? Uh, I think that that was the wasn't that the um you went through the portal and you saw these like um one day like frog like creatures and the timeline got screwed up that way yeah was that the one? He kept going back and then like all of a sudden like he um there were like frog like creatures correct? No, didn't he bring like the guy's wife with him and then like and then she was missing and they blamed him. Yeah. And then, um and then like he kept going back and then he went back it was like a like. It was like 50 years later mm-hmm. and like like the son hated him, you know, for ruining his parents' life. And then like it kept them going and going throughout the, the centuries. But they were just waiting for the, for um, Morty to return at some point. And then they try to fuck him up. Mm. <laughs> sounds sounds like I uh, might have been that might have been the episode where I was. Uh... Using that episode to to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I am not recalling that one at all. <laughs> um, so, so we're bringing in um, Chandler Riggs um, to close up the show. So let's just wrap up this entertainment report. Um, just some well wish, well wishes go out to celebrities, uh, including Amy Schumer, who's recovering from surgery after having her uterus and appendix removed. Um, she had endo- endometriosis, so. Uh, um yeah amy schumer um great talent she's from towson maryland 
Went to Towson University. She's got <laughs> oh, I didn't know she went to Towson. DMV. Yeah, she got Towson. That DMV. makes so much more about her make more sense. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I get it now. Now I understand. <laughs> Tachi, you actually sent me an article that Phil Collins is going to do his last tour because he's in really rough shape right now. Yeah. He actually sang his songs from a chair on stage. He didn't stand at all on the performance. Ah. Uh, and um, this is his farewell tour. Man is a national treasure. He yeah, is a not, national treasure. He's not playing drums. His son's playing the drums for him. Okay. Um, he looked really bad. I mean, he's only like 70 years old. And I think like he got his um, his spine messed up from years. He said like years of playing the drums, like, you know, like in the oh, wrong wow. position or something. Like, you know, the way he was playing them, like, wasn't wasn't good for his back. And so he looked like he's in really rough shape. I mean, he, look, he looks way older than 70 up there on the stage. So he pretty much said it's going to be his last tour. So um, if you want to see Genesis, you better catch it on this tour. Absolutely. If there's an opportunity to see that locally, please let me know. Yeah. I will definitely so support many, it. So many huge hits. I mean, hey, you know, a little bit, little, little snippet of the BTB theme. Is, is, uh, yeah, and that it. song I saw from the set list they played, they didn't play that song, which, you know, I'd be highly pissed if i went there and uh, <laughs> in the air that happens like, sometimes you see your favorite band and they don't play your favorite song you're like what the <laughs> yeah most of them most of them do but you, you always get those some artists are like too good to play their like old music well radiohead they won't play creep anywhere that's they one won't. of those yeah that's one of those uh, Why, for whatever they, reason they, they just tired I, of it I, I think they played it when i was in new york i saw them a couple years ago in new york and they played it they actually played creep really yeah okay i remember reading that they just didn't want to just even though it was one of their biggest hits, they they choose not to purposely yeah. pay, play their tracks. Yeah, when so I saw, many hits like, um, that, anyway. Like, when I saw like, Huey Lewis in concert, like um, like mm. probably like five years ago, like he played mm. all of his hits. At one point, he says like, "All right, I'm gonna play a new song next, and I know you don't want to hear it, a new song. You want to hear my original stuff. I'm just doing this for me. So like, when I come out and I announce this song, I want you all just to pretend you're excited and cheer real loud. And after that, I'll go back to playing my old stuff again." Uh-huh. So that he announced a new song, we're all like cheering and stuff, and he played it, and he went back to like, like harder rock and roll and that kind of stuff. So like, it's pretty funny that you know, I'm sure these artists get tired of playing the same songs for like 40 years, but um, but people people don't care about the new stuff, honestly. <laughs> yeah, nobody does. Uh, we want to hear like hit to be square, you know what I mean? We don't want to hear. So like, it was cracks me up like every couple of years. Like Paul McCartney goes and plays a whole bunch of new songs. It's like, dude, nobody wants to hear your new shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, no, not, 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 not a person wants to play whatever your new thing is. They want the yeah, old shit. Oh. <laughs> Unless you're consistently good throughout every album, you have hits from every album. But the, yeah, like I went to the Kings of Leon concert, for instance. I loved them when they first came out with "Sex Is on Fire" and and "Use Somebody," and then. And the revelry, and then I just heard a bunch of the newer content. Which okay, maybe I should give it a chance to listen to it, but um, I wasn't familiar with it. <laughs> oh, play mostly new stuff. A lot of new stuff, yeah, uh, a lot of new stuff. I mean, they still yeah, I usually check out. out the set list online before I um, pay money to see a concert. Ah, okay. Because like sometimes there's favorite songs I want to hear, and like sometimes they just refuse to play them, and so I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't go to a concert to hear stuff I don't know. That's a good point. Yeah, you definitely want to hear your favorites, no doubt. That's why I like going to festivals sometimes, because um, the festivals, you'll get the big artists. You'll get artists that usually never tour together, and their set lists are kind of catered to, uh, you know, the songs that you want to hear, you know. Yeah, because it's going to it's gonna be like four or five songs, so they got to play, like, their hits. Yeah. 
They don't, they don't yeah. have time for any new shit. Yeah. We actually have some well wishes to wish to Chris Rock. Uh, he just tested positive for COVID-19. Um, he says, um, trust me, you don't want this. Get vaccinated is what he said. Um, he admitted he got had symptoms because he said he got the food stamp of vaccines in Johnson & Johnson. Um, and he admitted also that he jumped ahead of seniors. He said, I admit oh. I stepped aside for uh, – I used my celebrity to get that vaccine. He said he actually admitted that. Uh, he's like, step he's, aside he's old people. He's getting ready people. to go to God with a clean conscience. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting it all out there. Oh, uh, Chris. So he's that sick even with the vaccine? Um, I, I think he, uh, yeah, I mean, he didn't elaborate on the uh, the symptoms, how bad they were, but they he definitely uh, got it. It definitely has a breakthrough uh, case, I guess, but he, he blames the food stamp of vaccines for that. <laughs> Um, I don't know. He's Jer- survived Pamela Anderson. He'll survive this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jerry Messing, best known for Gordon on Freaks and Geeks, um, has been partially paralyzed after a serious battle with COVID-19. So yeah. well wishes go out to him. Do you remember him? He was the fedora wearing, uh, who, who was famous for the fedora guy meme. Uh, I mean, it sounds like a nice style, but I don't know. Remember <laughs> But partially par- paralyzed after that. Um, um, we do have some uh, rest in pieces to announce. Uh, Willie Garrison from HBO Sex and the City. Sally passed that away killed me. at the age of 57. Were you a there Sex you and the City fan? Huge Sex and the City fan, yeah. Yeah. I and I believe he does have a role in, the, in this new one, doesn't he? He, rep- he, he does did, reprise yeah. his role. Yeah. So... Um, that's sad. I mean, I guess they'd have to if it, if they do have another season of the the sequel series, they'll have to uh, mention it. Um, also, Anthony A.J. Johnson, the comedian and actor, appeared in Friday in House Party and passed away. Uh, he was he was hilarious in that um, in that first movie. You know, I'm going outside and like like Smokey, you taking a shit? Like I ain't the smartest man, but and he tries he pretends to fall in the uh, convenience store. Mm-hmm. It's trying to get money from the um, from the owner. Like it, it's sad. It seems like everybody in that movie just like passed away recently. Like in the last yeah, few Tiny years. Lister, D- who paid yeah. Debo. Yeah, and then, and, 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 then, and then pops. Debo. And pops. Yeah, the father. Like um, yeah, yeah. Because Ice Cube was trying to make um, a movie called uh, Last Friday, which is going to be like the final one, and he was trying to make it for years, and it was close, and then. <laughs> It fell through for whatever reason, and I guess now they're never going to be able to make it. I don't think so, with, with a lot of the cast uh, no longer with us. You yeah. Know? And I didn't really uh, like the sequels, but you know, the original is, is a, a classic, and like one of the funniest yeah. movies I've seen, I think. It's just so quotable. Well, it is. It's definitely one of the more quotable movies, for sure. Um, it's Friday. You ain't got shit to do. I'm going to get you high. <laughs> I mean, uh, porch of that house, like where they filmed it at. You actually saw the house? That's I cool. was up on the porch. And, but you actually nobody, sat on the porch. Did you do nobody the lean? was home, but yeah. Did you do the lean? I did the lean. I did the lean on the porch. I haven't seen that meme. Did you put it on a meme? No, that side by side to the guys? Yeah, I did side by side, yeah. Okay. I haven't seen it yet. Um, we also lost Jane Powell. Um, she's known for musicals, including Royal Wedding and Seven Brides or Seven Brothers. Um, Peter Palmer, um, former college football player who starred in Broadway, 
big screen uh, musical adaptations of Lil Abner, powerhouse R&B singer Sarah Dash, um, Patty Perez, an actress and internet sensation who made a cameo in the two Jackass movies. Uh, also, Freddie Combs, a minister and former um, fan favorite on X Factor. He was the one that was like 800 pounds and he sat in a wheelchair and he kind of uh, got four yeses from Simon Cowell, Britney Spears, Demi Lovato, and L.A. Reid. Do you remember this guy? No. Freddie Combs, yeah. So he had also passed away as well. Um, and uh, birthday shout outs. All right. Um, let's see. Joan Jett. Happy birthday, Joan Jett is 63. 63. Still looks great. Right? Uh Scott Bayo is 61. Chachi. Uh, yeah, that's the original Chachi, yeah. <laughs> uh let's see. Uh Ashley X team uh Ashley X team. So that's <laughs> Raven and Sophia the first. The voiceover artist as well. She's 40. And the voice of Ahsoka in Thank Star you. Wars I was waiting Ford. for you, Simon. I was waiting for you. I knew Ahsoka. I knew it was coming in there. Tatiana Maslany from Orphan Black. Uh, love her. Fantastic. Going to be in She-Hulk coming up very She-Hulk, soon. She's the star of She-Hulk, yes. Oh, really? She's also a phenomenal Broadway actress. She was on a network with Brian Cranston, which I got to check out. Um, let's see, Yukweli Roach from Blind Spots 35, Tom Felton from the Harry Potter films is 34, and Tiana Paris, um, from WandaVision, right? Is she in WandaVision? I think she is. She's, she's also a madman. Um, mm-hmm. she's uh 34 today, so that's uh celebrity birthdays, and uh, we are uh going to be welcoming our special guest to close out tonight's show, but. Who here has caught up uh, on the last episode of Walking Dead? Anyone? I know, Chachi, have I'm you still, watched the most I'm, I'm two back. I'm two you're episodes two back? back. Oh, good. I'm glad you're back into it, Martin. Yeah. What were you, what were you renewed your interest to, to watch it again? Because I, I think you kind of oh, stopped. I, like, yeah, I just I got time. Like, life life was busy for a while, and I finally had time to sit down and catch up on It's so good. Recordings. This final season's good. It's, it's good, right? Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. I don't I give know. It a, I mean, I'm loving it. I give it yeah. a B plus, yeah. Pretty, pretty good. I mean, the last episode was very horror movie esque. And um, Chachi, did you watch it on AMC Plus? No, I started watching it. I haven't finished it. No. Okay, but you yeah, were you I'm a little tired of them to bringing what? in new characters. Like, <laughs> well, this one was a little of a, a bit of a different episode because it had the whole haunted house element to it, which they haven't. I mean, they have done done some, something similar, but it had a completely creepy vibe to it. And also, they uh, had what a lot of people were was buzzing about was the meme of what people thought was a walker, which was a different kind of walker that was squatting like up in like the balcony part of the of the haunted house, just completely dirt covered, but ended up being a feral human. Um, oh. so people have become so far removed from the uh zombie apocalypse that they just become feral and animal like and that's uh, how i felt last year during COVID. that's exactly <laughs> animal like during COVID, and uh it was something else it was uh it was crazy um uh and these were just <clears throat> you haven't seen the episode but these are certainly a threat that uh, I haven't seen. Don't do spoilers, Al. I no, know okay, you. I'm don't trying to word it so it's kind of interesting. 
<laughs> really knew what you were about to do. I felt it. Coming. I know, but it was it was so good. And, the and new it, of course, zombies kills the main guy. These creatures <laughs> actually involve um, um, Virgil and Connie. As you know, Connie uh, is hearing impaired. And what was cool about the episode, they actually got perspective of Connie and a perspective of the viewer and the, the perspective of Virgil. So anytime it was a perspective of Connie, it was completely silent. Because, yeah. as you know, Connie is a deaf character, and she's like the actress, uh, Lauren Ridloff, I believe. She's actually deaf in real life. So oh. also, also in the Eternals movie. So, um, um, so yeah. Um, Great episode. I I can't I can't they do that uh, every now and then. Like they they get artsy every now and then with stuff like that. Probably exactly. makes the show good. I know, I know. So I am going to reach out to um luckily I have um Chandler's mom's phone number. And, uh, <coughs> hopefully we can Yeah. I I enjoy very much it's the mom's phone number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she kind of serves as manager, you know. Very nice woman, Gina Andrews. Nice. Yeah, you were you um were you on the Walking Dead tour with me, or did you um do the interview with us, Chach? No, we um then we meet her at um. Was it oh, she was also one. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I'm going to go ahead and send her a text. We got to call and ask if Chandler can come out and play. <laughs> that's funny that's funny all right so here we go we'll play legos yeah you know, i always think about yeah. how the show would be if he was still on it yeah, that is I, what we're getting into yeah it's like just yeah. getting the driving range right like mac you stopped watching the walking dead and was it because of the departure of uh yeah Rick, i stopped huh? i stopped when they killed carl off wow in protest huh yeah, I was just I was mad about them deviating that far from the comics because he's such yeah, a pivotal part the of the man game. in the comics. Yeah, like he takes he's the over one that camp. survives and rules and does everything. And I was like, no, I think I'm good. I like I wanted to stop when Glenn died. Twice. <sighs> yeah, and then I was Twice. like, no, so I think like this is the end. So you you're you're distraught about Glenn and you just continued. And then when the nail in the coffin was was Carl was gone, when it was killed. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That'll now, show that, him. There's two reasons why I think they're I think they're gonna give the storylines in the comic book to Judith, because Judith, if you're a comic book reader, knows that she died as a baby in, in the beginning. Um Oh really? So Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's kinda of, that's there is one, room for both of those characters. Oh, totally. Uh, the fans would love both characters. It totally made it make sense. But then, especially with so many other characters departing, like with Rick departing, with Michonne departing, with like all of these characters that were like such yeah. staples, they had longevity in keeping the younger cast on. Yeah, and I they, always wondered they if it had to do with a time jump and if they couldn't like make him look. Um, what was it? Seventy years in the future. Yeah, it was about a seven-year, uh, six, I bet a six-year time jump. Yeah. He was so young at the time. I wonder if that that um, yeah. I think we're hopefully keep him on the show. We're probably hopefully going to get a lot of answers. Um, I want answers. Well, one thing is that Scott Gimple said in an interview that he wanted to he wanted to. It was like the best explanation of how Rick could um, not kill Negan. 
um, at that battle, that final battle with the whispers. It kind of gave him an incentive because Carl instilled to him that you don't have to kill everybody. You don't have to, um, you know, there's more, more important, more important in humanity, basically. And then maybe the combination with that and Judith, maybe, but... uh, What did the comics do, then? Because the comics, he didn't didn't kill Negan in the comics, right? Carl's um, still alive. alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's a little bit of a comic book spoiler, but yeah, Negan Negan does live. (laughs) (laughs) Negan does live, live on. Uh, They they actually had um, a one-shot comic book called Negan Lives. So... um, he was probably one of the people that's going to make it through the, uh, the apocalypse when season 11 ends. There's probably going to be a lot of bloodshed. There's probably, you're probably going to lose a lot of your favorites. And this is the time where they can kind of, you know. Yeah, nobody's work. died in a while. Like, for mm-hmm. a show that used to, like, drop people left and right for no good reason. Like, they've, they've been holding on recently. Mm-hmm. I'm still surprised they killed um, Jesus. Because I thought he was one I of the... Jesus was a shock, actually. That was my boy, man. I've heard it was a shock to him, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things I was going to ask Carl. I was like, you know, they keep the story pretty much under wraps. I was like, so, like, do people not know until they read through the script day of that their character just got killed off? Like, do you watch someone get that news in the moment that their job's now over? Yeah. (laughs) They they always tell, if they start focusing on that character, they're going to kill him off. Like in The Walking Dead, it seems like because it's like whenever they start being like, "Oh, we're gonna spend the whole episode on Jesus," I'm like, okay, well, obviously he's gonna die because yeah. yeah, they want they want you to form that emotional connection. Yeah, yeah, before they before they ruin your life, before they and kill rip them your off. toy away from you. Yes. <laughs> so Maggie, you really like the prequels. Like you're gonna stand on that. You think the prequels oh, are yeah, good? Hundred percent. Uh, like 90% of my, uh, I have a YouTube channel called Let's Talk About Star Wars, and like 90% of the stuff I talk about is prequel stuff. I mean, that was like, that was what got me into Star Wars, and so it's always going to have like a, a fond place in my heart. So right. I keep buying, I've been buying a bunch of like prequel era toys and like um, books and stuff to try to like fill out my collection. I'm glad that those films made you happy. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what's I think that's what's great about Star Wars is like I know people who take great joy in the sequel trilogy, which like not for me. Like I like the first two. Uh, the, the third one is not my favorite. I'm like I'm glad that makes you happy. I'm glad you've got something that you know is the the yum to my yuck. <laughs> I still don't know who made the decision. Like oh, let's just have um, everybody write whatever they want for each of the um, sequel movies. Yeah, it was a terrible decision. Terrible move. Like, who? who yeah. Who would think of that? Like, when in Hollywood has that ever worked out? You know, like you have a story, you have a story for the whole three. You know, you can flesh it out or whatever. But you have like, okay, this needs to happen here. This needs to happen here. And here's what's gonna happen at the and end. And the problem is, is that's J.J. Abrams's entire thing. Is he's a he's a fly by your seats person, and so they probably trusted him because I mean he has a track record of like good products. Yeah, but he only was going to write the first one though, right? Well, there had been, like, back and forth that he was going to do all three, and then, like, things changed because, like, you know, people have prior commitments and stuff, and so it just... Yeah, and then there was, like, the potential that we were going to potentially get Ryan for the third one, but he was already working on Knives Out, and so, like, thank, he couldn't come back God. to and, his threads. And we never want him to direct ever again anyway. Yeah, yeah thank God for Knives Out, then. Although, Maggie, you have a different opinion on that one, right? 
Yeah, I love Ryan Johnson. J.J. Abrams said he didn't like what Ryan did. Me and J.J. Yeah, J.J. Abrams also did some really terrible Star Trek movies, so I don't really trust his opinion. Those are are good movies. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, you know what? We had to pre-record Carl Grimes' interview on Below the Belt Show. Um, Of course, he is Chandler Riggs, and uh, we are happy to present to you here at the end of the program, guys. Uh, so on behalf of this amazing panel, starting with who joined us earlier, Lauren Mealy, of course, the wonderful, the multi-talented Maggie Lovett from Your Money. Thank you, thank you. The dork side of the force. Are you still doing petticoats and pop? pop? Oh, yeah, I still have all my podcasts and everything. All the podcasts. All my writing stuff. All the writing stuff is there. Um, follow Maggie Lovett, right, on your <laughs> social media, on your public social medias. And of course, we have the once and future king, Martin Lopez. Glad to be back. Awesome. Chachi McFly, the king of the 80s. See ya. And I'm Al Celebrity Soto. We'll see you guys next week. Until then, peace. <laughs>
very cool to be uh, on the, on that set for sure. And Chelsea, you got to you let's let's be honest, you got to miss the set. Um, let's be real, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, it was a huge part of my life that um, that it was super super cool to be a part of. But you know, now that it's been about four years since I've been off the show, it's been it's opened up so many other avenues that I never thought would ever be possible. So it's been really really cool to kind of try new roles, try new projects, and see um, just kind of see what I like. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, and one of the roles is, uh, and one of the projects is a million little things. You're recurring on that show. Yeah, How's, yeah, yeah. yeah How's that, was that great. experience been? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I wrapped up on that one a couple of years ago, so it's been a while. But I, I had so much fun working up there in in Vancouver. It was it was the first time that I was, I felt like I was really on a set as an adult and not just like the kid. You know what I mean? So it was um, it was really cool to be just in a it was just a different dynamic. You know what I mean? I could like, well, in Vancouver, the drinking age was 19. So I could go out to the bar go oh, to yes. the bar and like yes. and have a drink with the cast members. You know what I mean? Which I had never been able to do before. So it was really cool to just kind of be an adult on set for the first time. So do you think it's easier being an adult on set or being a kid? Because as a kid, you have to take classes and stuff still. Right. So what which is easier? Yeah, the um, <laughs> I, I think being being well, both of them have like their pros and cons because being a kid on set, it's yeah, you have you have to worry about school on set. Right. You have to um, there's all this all the stuff going on. But uh, the good thing is that they have to wrap you at like nine and a half hours or ten and a half mm-hmm. hours, which is great. However, when you're an adult, you know, they'll work you for like. 14, 16 hours. <laughs> as soon as you turned 18 on the Walking Dead set, did they work you for 14, 18 hours? Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. That, I mean, right right when I turned 18 is when all of, uh, is when my character, like, started his arc to, you know, be not on the show anymore. And my character was in, like, all yeah. of those scenes, you know? So, yeah, they were working my ass off for sure in those. Wow. <laughs> It's crazy because we've actually seen you uh, grow up before our eyes uh, within the first eight seasons of The Walking Dead. So we we, we feel like you grew up with you. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're much older now than we when we met you. Um, I guess a few years back in um, Cherry Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it's very cool the the longevity there. Um, so are you still keeping up with the with the Walking Dead product? Uh, are you watching the show still? Are you, uh, you 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 came on the show as a fan, so. Um, and are you wondering, man, how, you know, it'd be cool to, cool to do, to, especially that last episode, you had feral people like jumping on people, uh, uh, and zombies attacking. It was like the craziest thing I've ever seen that latest episode, if you haven't seen it, but, uh, you still watching? Yeah, I keep, I try to keep up with it as much as I can. I've watched, um, I, I've watched up through season nine and then I haven't watched season 10 yet, but I'm planning on binging all of it. And then so that way I can, uh, I can get caught up with season 11, but, um, I haven't watched world beyond yet, but I really want to, because I've heard nothing but great things about it. I, um, got a wonderful opportunity to, uh, shadow one of the directors in for fear of the walking dead, um, for oh, wow. the latest season. Oh, so I had to, fun. I had to watch a bunch of it to get caught up and, and uh, get a grasp on on all that. So yeah, it was pretty cool. It was very very cool. But yeah, I try to I try to stay as updated as possible, specifically for this reason, because I always feel so bad when I say that I'm not caught up <laughs> on the show, and it's like, man, I really gotta I really gotta watch it. Well, I guess if you're um, when you mentioned shadowing for Fear the Walking Dead, is that 
tell us a little bit about, about that process. Is that something that can can lead into a director position if you want to do that one day? Tell us what the what process is like. Yeah. So, um, so a, a bit of a bit of a, a backstory behind that. I uh, stumbled upon a project at the beginning of this year and thought that it was really really cool and wanted to bring it to live action to um, you know write it and direct it and everything like that. And so I really just wanted to get a really uh, a good behind the scenes perspective from people that I've worked with and that I know. And uh, just to really see what it's like to be a director. And it's crazy how like on set, that's like 30% of the whole process, you know, it, mm -hmm. it, it, because it takes just as long to prep for an episode as it does to shoot an episode. So, you know, they're shooting for 10 days, it takes them two weeks, 10 days to prep that episode beforehand. And then they have post-production, which it takes, you know, months. So it's like, it's insane how much time and effort goes into making an episode. And it's, um, it's, it was a really cool process to see, you know, to see how a director a approaches a scene in terms of directing the, and, and how, how, how the director uses cinematography to tell the story, uses lighting to tell the story, everything, um, revolving around the actors and not just the actors themselves to help tell the story. It's really, really cool. I, I've been loving it. Now, were wow. you shooting any of that stuff while you were a kid on The Walking Dead? You know, I I didn't have as much interest to do it when I was a kid because when I was a kid on the show, I was doing school at the same time. So right. I, you know, I would be at school from, you know, 8 to 3 p.m. And then I would go down to set for the rest of the day or vice versa. You know what I mean? So I was always um, I was always busy when I was a kid. So I didn't really have as much interest then. But I really wish that I that I did or I um, prioritized shadowing and learning more about it more because it's uh, it's really cool learning all about it now. But yeah. Now, is it hard to focus on classes while you're on the set? Because you, here you are in this really cool show, going on adventures, getting attacked by zombies, and then you're doing algebra. Like, like how, <laughs> how do you concentrate on that kind of stuff? Yeah, well, see, the thing, for me, it was always like that. So I didn't really have much to compare it to. Like, I, I always, you know, do, always doing school was in the back of my mind when I was on set. So, okay. you know, I would go and do a scene, and then in between setups or in between scenes, I would go off you know, to my chair or something and I would take out my laptop or take out my binder and I would um, just, you know, get some work done or I would get it done on the commute down to and from set. So it was like an hour and a half for me down to and from set every day. So okay. I, I had a lot of time in between to make sure that I was getting all my work done. My teachers knew that I knew that I was getting my work done and my my principal's brother was a huge fan of the show, so it really worked out well for me. <laughs> worked out really well. <laughs> so this project that you're working on, um, is this something that kind of was born out of the pandemic and having kind of more time to explore, you know, stories that interest you and kind of bring to life? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I've had a few projects that I've come across over the last few years that I thought would be pretty cool to hop on as a producer, but um, I hadn't found a story that I really care about and really wanted to dive into until I found the one that I ended up creating myself. So uh, it was it was really cool to kind of dive into that process and try to kind of get a project to, to light. It's exciting. 
Yeah. So, so Maggie, yeah. you mentioned before Chandler joined us that you actually stopped watching the show. Uh, I did. I after, was like, after I was like, Carl was too far. Rick left the show because, yeah, Carl. Uh, I'm so sorry. And, 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 um, <laughs> when people say that, I'm sure Chandler, Maggie's not the first one to say that. How does it, how does it make you feel? I mean, it's like it's 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 kind of bittersweet because it's like it's um it's I feel like it's a compliment in some ways, but it's also you know not in other ways because yeah um I I I don't I don't want to be responsible for taking you know <laughs> for them not watching the show anymore. It wasn't but, you? <laughs> yeah, but no. you know at the same time it's like I feel like I if 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 my character impacted somebody that much then mm-hmm. that means i did my job so oh, yeah. it's like it's kind of it's kind of bittersweet i don't really know how to feel about it to be honest no no it's definitely a compliment because everybody that i talk to who has stopped watching the show they always cite either um glenn dying or carl dying because they were you know favorite characters of themselves so of course. it's definitely a testament to you that you made a character so likable that people after the character is gone, they're like, well, nothing to watch it for anymore in, in their mind. Yeah, so it's definitely a compliment. And the main reason is because we didn't expect that because the comic book version of Carl lives on and, and ends up doing cra- crazy and amazing things uh, in the comic book. Um, can we talk a little bit about that, Chad? I know we're going back a few uh, years, but um, I know uh, from what I've read initially that it was a shock and surprise and and family was behind you and um you know with with the the shock and surprise uh, i had read that you had bought a house and that you had you had decided to go to school locally to georgia um once uh you know you know the upcoming season came up and then they, they threw that bombshell on you just things got turned upside down can, can we talk a little bit about that yeah i mean you know it's uh at at the time, I was I was pretty bummed out because of all the reasons that you listed, but um, but like I was saying earlier, it's it's you know it opened up so many other avenues that never would have been possible if I were still on the show, you know. So, I've gotten to play characters with mental disorders. I've gotten to um, dive into drug addiction, dive into all of these kind of issues with characters that you know, would have never happened with Carl, you know what I mean? So it's it's mm-hmm. it's been very cool to really push myself as an actor. And I feel like if I if I were I feel like if I were still on the show, I'm I wouldn't be anywhere close to the place that I am now as an actor because in the last right. however many years I've like just poured so much time and effort into making you know doing the best that I possibly could at every audition and uh, and pouring the same amount of time and dedication to a series regular role that I would for a supporting role you know what I mean so it's it's um it's been really really fun to push myself as hard as I could as an actor and that I couldn't have done while I was on the show because while I was on the show, I couldn't audition for like anything else when you're on a show, right. you know, from six months almost. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, like, it was like, yeah. If it's shot from, if, if whatever project, if the, if the shooting window was between May and November, I couldn't do it. I couldn't even audition for it because I mean, there's no point. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do it anyway. So, and and that is a lot of projects that shoot in that time frame. So, it was really hard to um, to push myself as an actor because I wasn't auditioning for anything else in the first place. Did they ever give you a reason why they decided to deviate from the comics? Was it because of the time jump? 
that you know, six years later. I think, well, I think it's actually, I think it's a little bit vice versa. I think the time jump was because of that. Like they, they were allowed to do that because of the time. They're allowed to do the time jump because of Carl's death. Um, okay. But what I, what I think happened is they created Negan to be such a hard hitting antagonist for the mm-hmm. viewers that it wouldn't make sense in a million years for Rick to not kill Negan. Right. Okay. Right. So, for Rick and in, in for to make Rick not kill Negan, it would have to necessitate something so drastic, something as drastic as his son's dying wish. And so okay. that's that's kind of how I think that kind of came to light. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, because uh, ne- uh, yeah, because uh, Negan and Carl had an interesting relationship throughout the series, um, with Negan taking a liking to Carl initially and showing him the the savior compound. And then some crazy stuff with Shiva, where Negan was about to to bash your head in with a baseball bat, but Shiva saved the day. <laughs> so it was a a crazy crazy relationship between the two. But ultimately, it seemed like there was a mutual respect for Chandler and Negan in some odd way, right? Yeah, definitely. There was, I I I loved that that dynamic so much. I mean, as I was been a huge fan of the comics and. Jeffrey told me that that was one of the biggest reasons that he took on the role of Negan was because he loved that dynamic between Carl and Negan. And it was so much fun to explore that with Jeffrey because that that one episode where that you were talking about with Negan showing Carl that compound, I I was looking forward to that one since that comic came out like so long ago. (laughs) So getting to play out all of those things onto the screen, uh, it was so, so cool over the years. Wow. What so was that a favorite memory or what particular uh, favorite memory on set uh, uh, resonates with you? Oh man, I I, I think my fav- my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was that was actually that that whole episode was was my favorite episode to shoot. Not because of the pudding, but um, <laughs> because uh, they they that was the first time they really gave me a really cool arc from like the start of the episode to the end of the episode. And right. I was working like every day. I was uh, I I just I got to do so much in that scene in that one episode compared to the rest of everything else that I had done on the show up to that point. So and. Well, it was another big comic book issue as well, and uh, the scene where Carl is yelling at Rick and like on the on the couch, that was my audition scene when I was like ten years old. So oh, wow. getting to like wow. circle back around to that scene and and really flesh it out and really do it was really cool. That's awesome. Speaking of the pudding scene, I always think of the <laughs> meme of like that all of that's a meme. How do you feel about being a meme? I'm sure it's like yeah. such like a funny like it's still used. Like it's been years and people still use that format. I know. It's like it's it's between between that and the uh the, <laughs> the coral. Yeah, the yeah, the coral the of the dad yeah, the dad jokes. That that one I still see. It's been like nine years since that oh, episode came honestly. out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy that people still still use it. It's hilarious. I love it. <laughs> well, what's your uh, relationship now with um, Andrew Lincoln? And did you ever really take on like off off camera, like more of like a father and son type of dynamic? Or more yeah. buddies? Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, Andy is the the coolest coolest guy to work with. Coolest guy to hang out with. He was always so interested and engaged with like 
everything going on in my life every day, like in between setups, he'd be like, so how's, how's, how's school going? How's your, how's this class? I know you said you were worried about this test or, um, how's, how's your brother doing? Is he still playing, uh, whatever sport? How's your, how's your, uh, your mom doing? Is she still, she's still teaching. So he was always so engaged in, uh, in everyone's like life. It was really, really cool. So, um, yeah, he was just a super great guy, and I, I haven't I haven't talked to him in a while, unfortunately. But I know he's I I'm I'm just I'm super happy for him because he's he's spending some well deserved time with his family and raising his kids, and um I'm just I'm very happy for him that he's that he's doing what he's happy doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course the the three movie deal uh, uh we win on that one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea what's gonna happen with that, so we'll see. We'll, I don't we'll know. see. People happens, keep on thinking yeah. that I'm gonna show up in some sort of and I'm gonna <laughs> like be dream in there sequence. somehow. <laughs> yeah, I but I have heard nothing about it at all. I've I've mentioned a couple of times to you know the people that are high up on the show. I'm like, hey, if you guys want to throw me in the scene, I'm down. But <laughs> good. You know, they should have you come back cool. and be like a zombie or something, like unrecognizable, like just let you. <laughs> yeah, I've I've def- I've thought about that. And actually, when I was shadowing me and the and the and the director, we had we had talked about doing something like that. But you know, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. What friendships have you maintained from the show, and you still keep in touch with? Oh man, I I still um well the the girl that plays Tara she was always just Alana like yes. yeah yeah a lot of yeah she's she was like uh, one of the closer ones in age to me because there weren't really other kids on set um so we still play video games from time to time um my uh, the girl that played Enid I see her like she's in my acting class and so I oh, see her sweet. on a, yeah, on like a regular basis Nacon. she's been yeah. on our show too so that's awesome oh nice nice yeah. yeah her her boyfriend is my roommate so I see her all the time oh cool and, uh, <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, oh that's and the an girl <laughs> yeah and the the girl who played Sophia she's also in my acting class and Caitlin that's is roommates nice. with her so I see oh, the, yeah, her awesome. all the time Oh, that's kind of um, cool that they're uh, roommates. And you're yeah. Okay. Yeah. The uh, the guy that played Henry, the older version of Henry. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. also in my acting class, and um, they just and we played all the young cast, The Walking Dead, to be in this acting. Well, class. I I I started in that acting class, and then I started telling everyone else that I was like hanging out with or seeing at conventions. I'm like, guys, this this is like where you gotta come. And, um, but yeah, and the, and the guy who plays Henry, I, I, we play, we, we used to play video games a lot. And so I see him from time to time in class, but yeah, yeah, That's I still, cool, I still man. see a lot of them. Yeah. Are you allowed to plug the coach, uh, who your coach is? Um, the, he likes to stay pretty private and, okay, and not sense. out there. So yeah, unfortunately, but yeah. And of course, Walking Dead fans might want to enroll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seems like the entire cast is on there. Do not blame him for keeping it quiet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. What kind of um, methods are you learning in class? Anything like, uh, did it go as far as like Meisner? Is it any improv? Um, yeah, any it's, techniques? it's, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's pretty much a mix of like everything. It's, um, I, I can't really dive into, into too many details, um, but it's, uh, it's just like such a practical way to achieve a level of acting that I had never been able to before. And I've been there for the last like three, 
years, three and a half years. And I, it's just, it's, I, I've, I've never felt like more confident in my acting than I do now. And I feel like that wow. every, every week, which is great. So if you That's could um, pick a new fandom to be a part of, what would you choose? Oh man. I, I feel like it's, um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like it's kind of dependent on if, if the story kind of resonates me, resonates with me because I don't, I don't want to, you know, jump into a project that I'm not passionate about, but, um, man, I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of really good shows that aren't on the air anymore that I, that I would have loved to, to be a part yeah. of. Like what? Um, Mr. Robot is my okay. favorite show, oh, that show of is all so time. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so being a part of that show in any way would have been really cool, but Man, I really, I really don't know. There's so many. Anything so in the superhero realm, there. DC, Marvel. Yeah, you know, The Flash is one of my favorite shows. So, and I've, oh, I've cool. been like, I've been very outspoken about that since like the first season. I've been like, please, I'll be a metahuman <laughs> for like just in the background, just like for a second, <laughs> please. <laughs> <laughs> You'd actually be a better you in the background after being Carl for You need to work some of those Vancouver connections you made from a million things. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That that's a, cool. that's a, that's probably the, the, the one of the better shows uh, of the DC um, CW. What they call it, the Berlantiverse, I guess. Uh, the the Arrowverse. Arrowverse. Is Arrowverse. Yeah. 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 Although they. Arrows no longer. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, is it really our verse? It's like one of those. Yeah. It's the Flash verse now. Everything yeah, revolves around the Flash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, what else? What else uh, can we promote, um, Chandler? Uh, well, I've got a couple work, couple of projects in the works that unfortunately I can't talk about yet. Okay. Um, but I'm all over social media. I stream on Twitch like three times a week, raising money for charity, different charity each month. So, um, yeah, feel free to just check out my socials. My Twitch handle is chair handler and, uh, and yeah, just come check it out. Okay. Excellent. Awesome. What's the craziest thing you've seen at a con? Like, have you got any like marriage proposals or like <laughs> crazy? That things? has happened. Yes, <laughs> I think I was like 16 at the time, so it was a little weird. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, she was age appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, unfortunately. Yeah. Nope. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've had a, I've had a, I've had a lot of weird stuff over the years, but really? um, yeah, it's most of it has been not in the U.S. And it's just like different cultures and oh. people just, um, you know, are, you know, it's, yeah, it's just different culture in, in different places. And that's just kind of how it is. And, you know, it's just an, a, a, just an adjustment. Odd, do you have an odd fan interaction that you can uh, talk about? There's been, there's been a lot. Um, unfortunately, some of them have been pretty weird. Um, let's see, man, I, I, I'm, I can't even think of like a specific one that's just okay. so outlandish. I had I had a couple I like that marriage like, proposal. Yeah, that there's been multiple of those too. Um, had someone like want to pick me up for a photo op, which was kind of weird because I'm like I'm like 17. Like a baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know oh, about dear. that. Man. Yeah. 
So yeah, I've had some weird okay. stuff, but but most of people, most of the people that most I meet at conventions are, yeah, they're really cool, really nice and respectful. And they always remind me of why I'm doing this in the first place, which is to, you know, impact people in some way to help them what they're going through or, um, or just, you know, give some, give, uh, people something to relate to someone to relate to. So, yeah. Awesome. Of course, uh, for you DMV listeners, you can check out Chandler along with many other amazing, uh, celebrity talents, uh, Dana DeLorenzo from Ash vs. Evil Dead, who we had on the show earlier, Robert Englund, uh, Richard Dreyfus. Are there any particular uh, other actors uh, that are going to be a part of this Monster Mania channel that you're looking forward to meeting? Oh, man. You know, a, lo- a lot of the the actors that I get to see at conventions and celebrities and everything that I see at conventions, I get to see them at, like, all these other conventions. So it's always cool, like, going and seeing um, – Seeing seeing actors from like shows that I had like nothing to be a part of, but you know we've gotten to be friends over the years just from going to these conventions here and there. So, um, yeah, I I haven't pulled up the roster yet for for Maryland, but um, at literally every convention there's people there that I know. So I'm excited to go and check it out and hang out with some old friends. That's that awesome. is awesome. Very cool. This, uh, yeah, this is a great interview, Chandler. Uh, so uh, we'll we'll end with a promo. If you could just let us know who you are, throughout, if you'd like uh, your character, uh, Carl from Walking Dead, or whatever other um, projects, and then let us know you're on below the belt, and maybe throw out a, a plug for Monster Mania. All right. Hey, I'm Chandler Riggs, a.k.a. Carl from The Walking Dead, a.k.a. PJ from A Million Little Things. Um, I'm going to be at Monster Mania Maryland this weekend, so uh, come swing by and check it out. And you are listening to Below the Belt. Wow, look at that. That was First awesome! Take. First right. The improv <laughs> stuff's paying off. <laughs> that, that training, man. Uh, we're looking for hey. Chandler, we're looking forward to a um, uh, um, Oscar nom like Steven Young. <laughs> that's that's the dream. The that Walking the Dead dream. stars that leave the show, they end up getting nominated for Oscars and Emmys and stuff. So. They do better. That's yeah. you. Yep. Yeah, hopefully. We'll see. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Chandler, thanks so much for talking to us here on Blow the Belt Show. It was awesome. We'll see you. We'll actually uh, check it out. This, yeah, we're going to be stopping by Monster Manning. We hope to say hello. Sounds great. Thanks so much, guys. I appreciate it. I'll see Thank you guys this weekend. Thank you to Gina Ann. Yes. Thank you. Mom's amazing. Yes. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you guys as well. Bye. See you this weekend. Bye. Bye. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, 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 bye